Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I'm Chance Ellison. I'm Russell Howell. And this is Talk About Chance, where we come and talk all things movies, television, sports, streaming, all that good shit. And, uh, yeah, we are finally up with an episode we're trying to get out for a few weeks, but someone on vacation. It, yep, that was, you, that was you, me. Guilty. You, you said you what, you said you took your, your, recording, your recording equipment, and it's like, why? You know we're not going to record anything while you're gone. Not true. I, I really thought we were, um, and it was funny because we were staying at my aunt's, and uh, she had no idea what her Wi-Fi password was literally until, uh, like, I think the day before we were getting ready to leave. <laughs> yeah, so there's that. It doesn't matter, but, but you know what? We have a super-sized show for you talking all kinds of stuff. I mean, we got you know all kinds of new. We got all kinds of big trailers. We got the Oscars, the draft, all kinds of stuff in the NFL. This is going to be a really, really great show, and, of course... Capping it all off, we have a review of Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Yeah, we our theme this week was non DC, non Marvel comic book movies, and that won out after a very probably the most like heated vote we've had in a very long time. Yeah, it was nice to see that kind of get back at it because we've been having like some, you know what I mean, some shows where it was just kind of like eh, the votes were there, but it wasn't like as heated and contested as this one was. This was fun. Yeah. Before we get into all that, of course, we're starting with our regular stuff. First of which is our football talk. Uh, some big things happen in the world of the NFL. First of which, uh, we have the two high-profile retirements in the last couple, in the last couple of weeks. Uh, one being Mr. Julian Edelman, a Patriots receiver. He's called it quits after an 11-year 11 11-year career. I want like two or three Super Bowl rings and one Super Bowl MVP for some reason. Yeah, I think he had three. I want to say three. That three sounds right. Uh, the other one being uh, the great comeback story of the NFL, Mr. Alex Smith has decided to. The gr- the legend that never was, Alex Smith, has decided to retire. Um, yeah, yeah, that one that one I felt bad about because I obviously former 49er uh, first round pick, first overall pick, and uh, just, yeah, a feel-good story for sure. Now, Last year, you know, comeback player of the year, and I just thought that that was swinging some momentum. Now back to Edelman for a second because we are way late. To, we are way late to the game in this conversation, but it was yeah. it was a pretty you know heated topic of discussion after his retirement. Is Julian Edelman a Hall of Famer? <laughs> so you're gonna I, I know what you're th- you're gonna say. You know what I'm gonna say. I, I think he is. No, um, no, no fucking way is he. A, no fucking way. I absolutely, absolutely. Um, when you needed catches in crucial moments, I think Edelman and Gronk really carried that Patriots franchise. Um, when there was the stage was not any big, the stage couldn't get any bigger. It was Edelman that carried that offense when it struggled, and uh, he made plays constantly. So to me, it's a no-brainer. No brainer. That one, that one catch he made on his bicep or whatever, I think it was that 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 play was sick. Um, no, look, I don't know. Edelman, I th- Edelman, I, I think he is. Edelman deserves to have some of his memory, like. Put his gloves. Put the football he caught after being hit bat- batted by the fucking Falcon receiver. Put the put that in a section in Canton. Julian Ed- calling Julian Edelman a Hall of Famer is an insult to actual Hall of Famers. I'm I'm saying overall breath breath of work. I, I I'm still I I still put him up there. So okay, look look, look I'm, I'm gonna last, let me show you some stats for you. So Julian Edelman uh-huh. in his career, six six hundred twenty receptions, six thousand eight hundred twenty three receiving yards, thirty six touchdowns. Uh, nope. Three Super, three Super Bowls, one MVP, no Pro Bowls throughout his entire career. Now, yeah. let me throw this, uh, this other stat line for you. It's re- this receiver, 1,000 receptions, 12,083 yards, 85 touchdowns, two Super Bowls, two Super Bowl rings, one MVP, four Pro Bowls, three second-team All-Pros. 
Now, the first one was Julian Edelman, of course. Second receiver, Heinz Ward, who has been a finalist since his eligibility dates, but cannot yeah. get, in, but just cannot get into the Hall of Fame. You're telling me, you're telling me they belong in the same class. All right, I'm going to go ahead and throw this one out too. I'll combat you with Stetzer. All right, so we're looking at most receiving yards for the NFL. Uh, I believe what is it? NFL playoff history, uh, most catches. Edelman's at 118. Pl- Jerry, play- uh, at number two. Look, if, 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 if there was if there was a playoff player, there was a playoff player Hall of Fame, he'd make it for sure. But regular, season, he had an he had an average career. He had an but average ta- career. Yeah, but but I'm but I'm saying though, his breadth of work. All right, so he had 30 more catches than Heinz Ward in playoffs. All right, so we'll go receiving yards. He had 14, uh, 1,442, literally second behind Jerry Rice. Uh, Rice played in th- about 30 postseason games. Edelman only played in 19. Uh, so to me, he's averaging averages about 76 yards a game. But but that's, that's pretty that's, close. That's, that's, a- post, that's postseason. That's postseason. If there was a postseason players I, I Hall of it. Fame, he'd make it I for get sure. It. Regular yes, season, he may not have blown you away. Regular season, he is, regular he, is season he is average at best. I'll, I'll give you that, but I'm saying uh, you got to look at the whole entire season as a whole. I think you know. But, uh, but like look, we, looking at the whole season as a whole makes his case even worse. <laughs> do we? But do we remember the season or do we remember the playoffs? It's what you do when it counts. You know what I mean? Not the uh, eleventh game of the you year remember, or whatever. You don't remember. You don't remember either. <laughs> you remember the moments. That's no, it. I'm just saying. But what I'm saying is, you know what I mean. That that's when the, the 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 lights the brightest, and I think that's what you remember. To me, I think he's a Hall of Famer. Um, I don't think he gets in first round. I'm not. I'm not our first, you know, first round ballot or whatever. Um, I think he eventually gets in. Um, his only just his, his only chance of getting in is if he has like a really weak receiver class that year. That is it. I mean, to me, I, I think that uh, you know just the rapport he had with Brady and um, what they did in the playoffs. I, yeah, regular season aside, I mean, yes, this guy was a uh, playoff, more of a playoff uh, receiver than a regular season receiver. But still, there was there was moments in regular season games when it came down to clutch passes from Brady that he caught. Same thing with Gronk. Um, you know, I, I just I don't know. He's, he's... We're, 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 I know we're completely on the opposite end of the spectrum, and I get it. <laughs> he, he, he should be nowhere near the Hall of Fame. I, I don't. Overall, I'm looking at like the whole entire body of work. I, I get the regular season may not wow you, um, but you know, I don't know. It is what it is. Uh, now, draft happened. Uh, draft started yesterday, as recording this. Biggest thing that happened in football this weekend, however, is not the draft. Uh, this revolves around all around one man, and that is Green Bay Packers quarterback, for now at least, Aaron Rodgers. Who may be a Denver Bronco. Uh, rumor has it it's all but all but uh, set in stone here with the package that they're going to be giving up. But, well, the, who, what do they really have to give up outside of draft picks? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, in case you haven't heard, I imagine you have, but in case you haven't, the morning of the draft, the morning of day one of the draft, it bro- a story broke from Adam Scheffner, who's a very you know reliable source of ESPN, that Aaron Rodgers was is been disgruntled for the, with the Packers organization, been disgruntled for a very long time, and has said that he will not be returning to play football and he will not be returning to Lambeau next season. Yeah, like it's like a kid having a temper tantrum almost. You know what I mean? Right, but this is this is kind of warranted in this case. I mean, it is, but I mean. You know, they're, I, I get the, the the front office really hasn't given him a lot of weapons to work with, but, I mean, he you did have Devontae Adams. Say. I mean, he has he has had some nice receivers, though, um, in his day there. I mean. Yeah, but, like, um, yeah, yeah, dude, dude hasn't had a great receiving core in, like, 10 years. 
Yeah, he hasn't had two receivers. I'll give him. They had one. Well, I mean, Devontae Adams was one of the best receivers in the league. I, I mean, mean, with, I mean, with, yeah, with him like, and uh, Brett Favre. Right. Huh? But look, but yeah. look at look at his. Look at receiving cornerback better or the other quarterbacks. Like, okay, look, look at the playoff run for, for teams that year. Yeah. So you look at some. Yeah. You look at a uh, Tampa Bay. They got they got they got Mike Evans. Yeah. They got Chris. Oh, yeah, they got a lot of guys. Godwin. They got, they got, yeah, they got uh, a lot of Cody Miller. They got Antonio Brown. They got Gronkowski. You look at the Kansas City Chiefs. Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Sammy Watkins up until this season. Up until up until you know very recently. Uh, that other quarterback, yeah. that other uh, receiver's name, I can't remember. Um, what does Aaron Rodgers have? He has Devontae Adams, who's excellent. Yeah, of outside football. of that, I mean, yeah. Nothing. Yeah, I mean. And the, and the thing is, like, you look at, like, this is kind of a thing that's been, it's been building up. Because you look at, like, do you know how, how okay, here's, here's a question for you, Russell. In the past 10, in the past 10 seasons, past 10 drafts, in the first round, how many? Almost even knows. How many skilled offensive players have the Packers taken in the first round? Out of the last ten, yeah. I'm trying to think, they usually they usually draft defense. So uh, I'll say I'll say maybe one, one, a quarterback. That's it. Yeah, that is all they've done. So yeah, obviously I figured. Yeah, so but that, that's the same thing with um, Breeze outside of Michael Thomas. But it's the, it's no, it's the same issue with Breeze. Because this, because look, what did the Saints do? They had a franchise quarterback, wasted years and years of talent, giving him like very little, we- very little weapons, and hiding him behind defense that were unperforming. What are the Packers doing right now? They are having a franchise quarterback who they are wasting behind years of mediocre to bad defenses, and under and underperforming with them, underperforming for just the reason like they will not get offensive weapons. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I get it because the, the year that the Packers won, there, there's they they relied heavily on their uh, defense. Yeah, but in, yeah, again, like they have they have an elite yeah. defense that they won the Super, like they won the Super Bowl. Like now, it's, yeah. now it's been like their defense has been mediocre to bad. Like as much as they spent, as much as they invested in first round draft picks defense, they've only had a top ten defense once in the last ten seasons. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah, I can. And again, I get the it. Only player you draft, in, like the only offensive skill player you draft in the last ten years is a quarterback. Yeah, they were looking obviously towards the you know the future of that franchise. I mean, I kind of understand the quarterback. Um, they should have been probably getting running backs and wide receivers to really help open up the game for him. But I, I see they were more like they always kind of pride themselves more gridiron football, more defensive minded. You know what I mean? Um, kind of like Baltimore does, kind of what Pittsburgh does. A lot of that uh, focus is usually defense in in the drafts. Um, yeah, it just I, I don't know. I, I like to me, it's like you know, you pack up and go now. It's like you you, you have a maybe less than five years at best in the league. Um, you go to Denver, you're not going to win anything there. So I mean, it could be, it could be a t- like look, but like if he goes to a team that will bend to his will, yeah, I could see it happening. I get it, but then you're also going into a league. You're going to get thrown into the fire with the AFC West. You're going to get thrown in with two matchups against the Chiefs. Uh, you're going to have you know two matchups against. I mean, they're not far from a, a decent football team, but the Oakland or the Vegas, I should say, Vegas. always plays smash mouth football. Um, Chargers, eh, I mean, mediocre team. I mean, I mean, you're going to you're being in a better you're in a better division by far than what you you know which you've come from obviously with uh green bay's current division which is a fuck it's a joke every year yeah there's, there's really two alternatives i've honestly at this point there's, there's two alternatives here there, there's two there's two paths to go on rogers are they going to get traded or he's going to retire 
I, but I, I still don't think he walks away from it. Like Breeze retiring kind of was like I thought he had one more year left in the tank. I don't see Rodgers up in you know. I think he still has football in him. Or or um, he'll pull or he'll pull a Brett Favre where he he'll retire for like a few and then years back, yeah. and then he'll come back and then play for the Jets and then play for. The- I mean, hey, it could happen. <laughs> um, R.I.P. Zach Wilson's career. <laughs> Yeah, but the the thing I was I was laughing about when I when I thought about it, I'm like how crazy would that be if the Niners traded their third draft pick third overall pick to Green Bay to pick up Rodgers because Rodgers wanted to go to San Francisco ready made team already yeah. you know what I mean and offense and defensive side of the ball I mean he'd have I think he could easily win a couple Super Bowls there yeah but he, 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 he did you did wonders for San Francisco we'll talk about we'll talk uh, about who you got took we'll took in a bit but. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, Packers fans, I feel for you. This is this is not your fault. This is all the fault of your, of your front office. It's I've hated the Packers for so long, though, with bad blood in the playoffs because the Niners, it was like we couldn't help ourselves but playing the Packers every single year in the playoffs, and we couldn't beat Favre in them. Obviously, we just started having luck there with when Kaepernick and then the tail end of, uh, with you know, with Garoppolo and stuff like that. We actually started beating the Packers, but... Um, yeah, I mean, it happens. I mean, you go through these, you know, periods, and it's hard to stay dominant for so long. You know what I mean? You see what you know, New England did for twenty years plus. You know, twenty years. You're you're not going to see that. It's it's hard. It's hard work to do that. It's always the up and down, up and down. If you look at you know any franchise. Yeah, uh, but yeah, uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens to Aaron Rodgers. I can't, I cannot wait I to agree. see what he does in the next couple of years, and then or in the next couple of months, actually. Man, wouldn't that be crazy then, like, Denver, like, getting, ugh, like, just people at the end of their career with, like, not getting, because Elway was already, uh, he was he was a, a lifer, but Elway, in the back end of his career, won a couple Super Bowls, and you had, what, Peyton Manning limping in with uh, a Super Bowl win, and then you have Rodgers kind of riding off into the sunset with the Denver Broncos, potentially, for a Super Bowl. That'd be, I mean, was, we'll see what happens. I mean, Peyton Manning won a Super Bowl there, too, so yeah. see what happens. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, yeah, and speaking of which, the, the draft did happen. We're going to go over some of the some of the picks, mainly in the first round. We'll talk about some other big round twos that they happened. Uh, yeah, so again, first round pick, first first overall pick, obviously Trevor Lawrence. We all saw that coming. What wasn't a surprise? Wasn't a surprise. I don't know why I took I don't know why I took ten minutes to get to the fucking pick. But yeah, and that's Trevor what Lawrence. I was saying. Like like oh, well, is the pick? The pick's been in. The pick's been in forever. Like the yeah, guy the at Trevor in. Lawrence's house had a Jacksonville Jaguars shirt for. Shit's sake, come on. Yeah, like, we're, we're, we, we know, we know. Why are you dragging this out? We get it, yeah. So it's a four-hour draft. Why are you taking ten minutes for this one pick? I don't know, man. Uh, pick two, New York Jets, Zach Wilson, obvious. Uh, now, here's well, – they, they, it's only they, – they took Zach Wilson because they lost, in the, they lost out on Trevor, which is what they really wanted, but they said to be stupid yeah. and win – they decided to be stupid and win games. Here's where things got yeah. interesting. The 49ers, who look, yeah. weeks leading up, it, was, it looked like Fields was the guy. It looked like Fields because from what I read and even what I told you before, like they had, you know, Shanahan seemed to have that rapport with Fields, um, you know, uh, working out wise, just like, um, you know, the way Shanahan watched Fields throw the ball and just the, the timing that he had and, uh, you know, and with his throws, how he moved in a pocket and stuff like that. It seemed like a good fit for a Shanahan led offense. But yeah. yeah, it looked like Fields was your guy. Yeah. A few days before the draft, a report came out that said, no, actually, they're looking to draft Mac Jones, which I God, I wish you I wish you would have done. No, I, I was I was actually glad he went to New England. Um, I just Mac Jones. Yes, he's the name, obviously, because of Alabama. That's really about it. I mean, he's a, a good pocket quarterback guy can't move forth the shit when he's uh, pressured. 
And that's what you need. We're in a league now where, you know, if you want success, you have to be balanced on the, you know, as a quarterback. You have to be able to stay in the pocket and you have to be able to make plays when you're getting uh, the heat coming at you. You know, you have to make plays with your feet. You have to be dual threat quarterback, like, you know, as you see with like Lamar Jackson or your Patrick Mahomes, you know what I mean? Or your Cam Newton back when he was in his prime and stuff like that. Or even Kaepernick. You know, the same thing. You have to be able to do both. And um, I think that's where we're at with quarterbacks. But, Russell, embrace yeah. the future of the San Francisco I, I 49ers. Your am. new quarterback, Trey Lance. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I really didn't know much about him, to be honest with you, because I'm obviously, you know, I'm Big Ten through and through. Uh, you know, I obviously follow that more because I'm a Michigan fan. Uh, I seen first, actually, the first, first Eddie footage I seen of him was literally last night when I was watching the draft. But, I mean, the kid can move. Uh, he has shades of, like, Patrick Mahomes-esque. Um, he's only, the thing that worries me, he's only played 17 games. So I'm kind of like, there's, there's not a whole lot of sampling. Um, but ceiling wise, and I know that's what you've really heard a lot more of the ceiling was like, just, you know, you have so much room for improvement with him. He seems like a really well-balanced kid. Um, when he was talking, seemed very, very just grateful, not cocky. doesn't think he's bigger than any, you know what I mean? Like you get some of those guys that think they're just, they know that they're that good. Very humble. Uh, I like that. Hopefully he can stay that way. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm going to embrace it. Uh, I think he will. And again, this comes back to me saying that Jimmy G. I, I still think should start and should stay in San Francisco. He's not going. Um, he's not gonna, when, when health, when when health, you can't just throw this kid to the to the wolves. He's, I don't think he's, 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 he's going to get. get thrown, he's going to get thrown to the wolves. He will get thrown gonna, to the wolves. He's going to he's going to get eaten up. I I just I can't see. I just I cannot see a kid coming in with just 17 games of experience coming into the NFL and, 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 and dominating. I just, I just can't, you have to have that experience. Like, look how long Rogers sat behind Favre. I just, I, I don't know. I, to me, and even Garoppolo behind Brady, you have to have that time to uh, just take in the game, regardless of, you know, how good you were, or, you know, good you weren't in college, you know? Maybe Jimmy G starting, but his days in San Francisco are numbered. <laughs> yeah. All uh, right, uh, but I, I still think I still think he at least quarterbacks there for a couple seasons before they pass the baton to Trey Lance. Yeah, uh, Atlanta Falcons, Kyle Pitts, uh, number four pick. That's a great selection. Uh, it's, it's huge. Yeah, it's it's uh, good if they keep Julio Jones with Matty Ice. I think that's great. Yeah, with, the, especially with uh, Gurley. Maybe the best player of the entire draft. That, yeah, like he, I, I think that. Yeah, he, he he's an excellent player. That's a great pick up for Atlanta. Cincinnati is where I got it because like they. <laughs> Look, oh, Cincinnati. I, I really like. I like Cincy's pick though. I know. I think. I think this looks for. I I like a different fan, but I think this is fucking stupid. And here's why. So Cincinnati, fifth, fifth overall pick, had a quarterback who literally got murdered last season. Well, you want to. You you need to protect his blinds. I, I understand where you're yeah. going to go with this. You had, yeah. you had Penisul right there. Yeah. You the best offensive tackle prospect since Orlando Pace. And you take a wide receiver. <laughs> and, but you go with not just any receiver, receiver he has rapport with. Jamar so I, 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 LSU's I, I, Jamar Chase. I do like I do like it. It's I mean it's a good it's a good move if they can tighten up the pass, you know, the pass like, coverage like, and, and really sure, give him some like, time. Sure, they got the connection back. They combined they combined for a lot of yards and a lot of touchdowns in college. But Joe Burrow is gonna get killed behind that offensive line. Honest, honestly, though, if you can even just pick up some, like, if you can just pick up a decent, you know, moderately decent, mediocre, uh, you know, offensive tackle or whatever, or, you know, just to kind of 
protect his blind side just a little bit to give him just a little bit of extra time to throw the ball. I still think they're going to have vast improvement with uh, adding a, a weapon like uh, Chase. They did try to do that with their second round pick. They did, they did end up taking an offensive guard. Notes, yeah, have not taken a tackle yet. Again, yeah. uh, Joe Bur- if I was Joe Burrow, I'd be watching my other knee. Uh, <laughs> Uh yeah, uh, Jill, uh, Miami number six, Tisha Jalen Waddle. I think is a great, great pick. Which uh, I, I think uh, Devonte, I think uh, Smith is way better than Waddle. That's he, just, that's just my fell, call. He fell much further than I thought he would. But we'll get there. Uh, Detroit Lions decided to capitalize on the Bengals, the Bengals being morons, and they took Penny Sewell. Yeah, which I, I mean, I guess is smart to see what yeah, happens with I, him I, and protecting. Uh, they would have. They would have. I know they would have definitely taken receiver if if Penny Sewell was not there. But like, it's, it's going to protect golf though, so that's going to help them. If you if you can get Penn Isol, you you take Penn Isol. Uh, yeah. Carolina Panthers take J.C. Horn. It was interesting. I did not think he'd be the first corner off the board. And the other one was uh, them getting rid of Bridgewater too before the draft too. Wait, did, did they did they cut did they cut Teddy? Car- Carolina traded him. I oh, think. Carolina. I'm sorry. I was thinking of Denver. Who's the, who's the next? Yeah, pick. Ca- yeah. Carolina uh, yeah. cut him or traded him. Traded him to Denver. Uh, who yeah. got the next pick, and they took – they just sniped the Cowboys. It was ugly. Patrick Sertan, the second, who maybe people thought would go to Dallas. But, uh, yeah, no, they decided to take him, so, which, you know, bolster up that secondary. Uh, yeah. Which which they needed, so that that's a smart pickup for them. Uh, Cowboys traded back with the Eagles two picks, which I thought was weird. But the Eagles – look, last year they needed, a, they needed a receiver. They had Justin Jefferson right there. Didn't take him. Got him now. You got your guy now. They got your guy now. You got Devontae. Heisman winner, Devontae Smith. I think this is going to be the guy with the most uh, career stock. You know what I mean? The biggest stock, I think. Um, He just wows me when I see him play. Uh, Just the small size of him and just what he can do is truly unbelievable. It's crazy that he wasn't picked up higher. Yeah. Uh, Now, 11. Uh... Is sort of pick, pick a reason belong to the New York Giants. They traded the uh, Chicago traded up, tra- gave up a yeah. lot to do it. Which, which for for not a, like a quarterback that I don't think is going to be really good. Uh, you you also just hate Ohio State. You're being fucking biased. Yeah, that too. But I honestly, and I I've said it before, even when we were doing our uh, you know our YouTube thing uh, with the draft, I just I uh, those quarterbacks from Ohio State don't amount to much in the NFL. They they have an under you look under uh Trestle, you look under say or uh, not Saban, but uh you look under uh, Urban Meyer. They haven't done it in the NFL. I mean that's just uh, that's just, you know. By the way, uh <laughs> the Chicago you, there. you got your QB Justin Fields, that yeah. is your guy. Yeah. I mean he's uh, he is I mean he's a good quarterback, don't get me wrong. I just don't think he's going to uh especially with quarterback killer Chicago. I don't know how that's going to Fair out, but we'll see. Yeah, be, hey, look, he's already he's already the greatest quarterback in Chicago Bears history, just by being there. Yeah, it's, Paul would definitely say that. He, he did. He texted me. He texted me after he, after they got the, after they got the pick. Uh, he's Dallas, in the ring of uh, ring of honor already. Uh, Dallas Cowboys, Mike Michael Parsons, linebacker, Penn State. Uh, that's they, a good. That's a solid pickup. They needed secondary, but they need. They, look, bottom line, they needed defensive help. They needed a big bad ten. Aid. Uh, he's, so yeah, he's a good Big Ten linebacker. Yeah, Micah Parsons is, is a great is a great pick. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that wasn't a that wasn't a surprise. We I think we all went defense on that when we were talking about the Cowboys. So yeah, for them to add add him really wasn't a surprise. Uh, the Chargers, Rashawn Slater, decided to you know give, give uh, Justin Herbert some protection that he is the future of that franchise. So it makes sense. Uh, the Jets actually traded up to fourteen 
uh, from the who, the who who had that pick before? Uh, four team belonged to the Minnesota Vikings. Trade up, traded up to the Jets. Uh, I was surprised because I, I thought they were going to keep that. They were going to go defense. Uh, they decided to go Elijah Vera Tucker, AVT, from uh, guard USC. So, okay. But yeah, they real they're really invested. In, they're really trying to invest in Wilson. I, I think I think it's a, I think it's a smart move. I th- yeah, I, you have to. Again, with Saul being the new head coach, I would have thought they'd have gone defense, but I, just because he's uh, yeah, obviously he's a defensive minded, uh, well, obviously which, defensive coordinator for San Fran, which means that somehow, some way, somehow. The New York, the New England Patriots landed Mac Jones, which makes sense. I mean, Belichick just sipping his orange juice, man, and just saying, you know what, these guys are fools. Let these guys trade out, you know, picks and give up this and that, sell the house, uh, everything, but you know, but the kitchen sink. And uh, Mac Jones seems like a, he seems kind of like a uh, a New England uh, quarterback. I mean, he just it makes sense that this is a good fit for him. I think. Yeah, uh, Arizona Cardinals decided once again not to invest in offensive line. <laughs> Clearly did not watch any offensive game tape from last year with Kyler Murray running nah. for his fucking life every play. Decided to take Zayvon Collins, which, if you're going to take a linebacker, why him? Yeah, that was a little bit of a head-scratcher. I mean, more head-scratching. Uh, the Raiders, 17 overall. Alex Leatherwood, who I'm a fan of this dude. Leatherwood's yeah. a great player. But 17, like that, like that's a massive overdraft. Yeah, that guy would have been like a second or maybe a third round this, pick. This is definitely a Raiders pick. Raiders are bad pick. I mean, even even before Jamarcus Russell, I mean, they they just they cannot they cannot have a good competent uh, draft pick. Yeah, it, it's it's the it's the it's the Al Davis the Al Davis. That's the, it's that front office man. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Miami Dolphins second the second pick that took uh, Jalen Phillips defensive end. Washington football team Jamin Davis, which was interesting because I because that front the front was really solid last year. I thought did someone leave? I don't think anyone did. No, and I was surprised they didn't at least try to maybe take any other quarterbacks that were up there or anybody offensively to help try to help that bolster that team up a little bit too. You got Fitz Magic. You don't need anybody else. <laughs> oh, well, for the first three weeks, you don't. But then now, aside from aside from uh, Cincinnati, I think this is the big. This is the biggest fumble of the first round. New York Giants first round pick Kadarius Tony. Yeah, I will they, say they he, were I and yeah, he is. He's a. He's a great receiver. He would have been he would have been great value to anywhere he fell on the draft. Yeah. But Giants, did you see your defense last year? Yeah, they were eyeing receiver though. Uh, I think they were trying to go with a couple of the other Alabama guys or whatever. I think Waddle or Smith or whatever. I think they were kind of pushing for. Yeah, Kadarius but yeah, their great, defense like, is awful. Yeah, your, your yeah. defense is fucking awful, and you need you need to pull no. that up. I don't. Yeah. I don't understand this pick. Uh, Indianapolis, Indianapolis Colts, Quiddy Payne, Quiddy Pay from go blue. Michigan, great pick. Go, go, uh, go blue. Tennessee Titans trying to trying to build up their defense. Caleb Farley, Virginia yeah. Tech. Yeah. Uh, Minnesota Vikings. This is, I feel like this is a waste of a pick, but he's a great tackle, so I guess you can't really complain. Christian Derisaw, tackle, Virginia Tech. Yeah. yeah. Two Virginia Tech. Yeah, got, uh, we'll talk about it obviously the second round. Another another good pick with uh, Cleveland Browns really stacked. Yeah, we'll we'll get we'll get, we'll get there, but. Uh, this is I was watching this one when he he, he fell and was like, please take take him. He's right there. Pittsburgh yeah. Steelers. We got our new running back, Najee Harris. We got the best running back in the draft. Now look, I know we need to build up that offensive line. Worry about that later. But we landed a stud at twenty four. Yeah, he's, 
Yeah, he's. I mean, the guy was obviously a monster in Alabama, so it was a. You know, it, it was amazing. He he waited that long to stay on the board. Yeah. The the puzzling pick was after this because the Jacksonville Jaguars were the second pick in the first round. They decided to take Travis Etienne, the running back from Clemson. Good, uh, Clemson boy. Yeah, but this is the weird thing. It's like, I I remember I had to think about him. It's like, didn't James Robinson have like a really good season last year? Yeah, he did. Yeah. That seems like a real smack in the face to him. Yeah, I mean, I get it. But, I mean, he he has rapport with uh, him, too, so it's kind of sure. like, eh. Again, we probably should have invested in some defense, but whatever. Er, I, I, <laughs> er, maybe knows what he's doing. I'm not sure. Uh, Cleveland Browns, Greg Newsom, cornerback, Baltimore Ravens, Rashad Bateman. Uh, be, be more fuel. He more fuel on that receiving core. New Orleans Saints, Peyton Turner, <laughs> the Packers. The Packers took a defensive player. They took Eric Stokes. Once again, refused to take a receiver in round one. They took Eric Stokes. Yeah. <laughs> not 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 a good uh, not a good front office. No, no. And you wonder and you wonder why Raj wants to leave. Uh, Ray, uh, Ray, uh, Bills got uh, Gregory Rosell. Baltimore Ravens, the second first round pick, got uh, Odafi away. And last pick in the first round, Tampa Buccaneers. What what else they need to do? Take a linebacker, Joe Tyron. I mean, they, that was like I said, it was house money, so it didn't really matter. Biggest now, look, I'm just gonna talk about, talk about my Steelers for a second, because look, I said like, look, he got the running back. Now Bills offensive line. They got to the second round pick. They took a tight end. I'm like, okay, that's not that's not what we meant. But okay, but you do need a tight end though. We need a tight end. His Vance McDonald retired, but we need it. We need a tackle. We needed a tackle. We got a guard. We got a center. The next pick, which fits because Pouncey retired, but we needed a tackle. <laughs> the biggest shock so far of the draft to me is uh, Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa, JOK, fell to fifty-two to the Cleveland Browns. Like that. Like yeah, that Cle- is amazing to me. Cleveland definitely got uh, some good picks. They're Cle- really going to stack their team up nice. Cleveland's re- really killing this draft. Um, I did like the uh, uh, the Aaron Banks offensive guard from uh, Notre Dame that uh, San Fran picked up at 48 there in the second round. I think that was a decent pickup for them. But, yeah, getting that Coromoa, the linebacker from Notre Dame, I think if, uh, if we could have got him, I think that would have been really nice too, to fill up a little bit of spots with uh, Reuben Foster. would have been really nice. Yeah, aside to Samuel Jr. Fell, uh, fell to 47, which was a shock. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like all in all, like it's pr- pretty, pretty solid, pretty solid draft. No, no, no one's being like, no, there, there's no Green Bay Packers from last year. So I'm being like, like especially stupid. And as much as I dislike Ohio State, I was happy to land that Trey Sermon, their uh, running back. Oh, oh, wait, you took Sermon? The, the, the Niners took Trey Sermon, which is nice. That's really going to bolster their, uh, you know, their three-headed monster pretty much of running games. And uh, they and if Ohio State does uh, does one thing right, it is produce running backs. I can go, uh, I can vouch for that. I've seen a lot of the guys like you know that got drafted there, <clears throat> obviously play great ball. You know, every you know even after Eddie George, obviously, but just like. Uh, a lot of those guys like Carlos Hyde and and uh, Pittman and all those guys that had uh, had been running backs there for Ohio State, they always put out good good products there. So I'm kind of looking forward to seeing what Trey Sermon has. Yeah, that, so that's the draft so far. I cannot wait to yeah. see. Him. I cannot wait to see all his teams play with these new toys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just just waiting for just waiting for the season to start now. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm obviously gearing up more a little bit of college football because college starts usually a couple weeks before. But yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to NFL. Uh, ordered uh, ordered one of the 49ers draft hats. So nice. I had I had to break in the new season. Man. I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully, we have a healthy season like we were talking on our uh, you know draft talk and just kind of kind of looking forward to just football again. You know, number one priority for you guys: stay healthy. Yeah, I mean that's it, man. That's that's basically what it comes down to. So, uh, yeah, I'm kind of curious to see what's going to happen. And I, as you are, I know, you know, just it's just it's it's good. It feels good when football's back. Yeah. Uh, moving on, that's it for football talk. We now move on to our trailer talk. Uh, we got a couple big ones to talk about today. First of which is for the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. This is the sequel to the Hitman's Bodyguard, a movie that was way more of a success than I thought it was. Way more what? Way more of a success than I thought it was. Yeah, it really was. Um, it just came out at the right time. Yeah. I, I think Ryan Reynolds was big at that time. You know, I mean, he's still big, but I mean, he was bigger, I think, at that time. And you know, Sam Jackson obviously always you know raises eyebrows. So it's a, it was a good, uh, it was an enjoyable movie. It was, I mean, far from a movie that I thought, hey, they're going to make a sequel to it. You know, but yeah, but now we got a sequel. Uh, so this takes place four years after the first. And it's about the you know Ryan Reynolds' character. He prizes role in the first one, uh, coming back because uh, Sonya, played by Salma Hayek, uh, the wife of the hitman, played by Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, there's an assassination attempt, assassination attempt on him, but yeah. his whole thing is he's on sabbatical, so he's not using guns. Uh, like I said, Ryan Reynolds is back, Samuel L. Jackson is back, Antonio Banderas is the villain this time around. Morgan Freeman's in this movie somewhere. I don't know where that, I don't know where that where that boy is, but. Interesting potpourri of different actors and actresses. Russell, what do you think of the trailer for Hit, the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard? I mean, look, darn it. It's inter- entertaining enough. I, I like Sam Jackson, and Ryan Reynolds seemed to have that good chemistry on the screen. I mean, it, it looks like a fun film. I mean, I think this is far from, you know, it's going to be the, the funniest comedy in the world. I think it's going to be entertaining enough. So, you know, I'll, I'll see it when it comes out. Yeah, uh, same, same thing. Uh, movie yeah. set for a release June 16th, 2021. Next, but next year, though, this this is the one we're going to talk about. Oh, <laughs> family, man, family. Uh, with <laughs> a new trailer for F Nine: <laughs> The Fast Saga. Uh, I, I, listen, I don't care what you put out, man. I'm going to go see it. I mean, I, don't, I, mean, I there's there's no way I can avoid this at this point. So I'm, yeah, I'm going to see it. But no, absolutely not. So yeah, uh, same thing. Which is plot? Plot? <laughs> fuck off. Plot? Question mark? <laughs> plot? Yeah, uh, whatever. I don't really care. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I don't even know how to. So basically, they're fighting John Cena, who's Vin Diesel's brother, <laughs> who's who's Dominic's brother. Who Somehow, makes zero sense. they look they, they look nothing alike. Look, they don't, th- th- I mean, this, this movie's this movie's like gone through some. They put some unbelievable shit. In this movie that is the most yeah. unbelievable thing I've ever seen in Fast and Furious film. It it really is. I mean, the outside of them, you know, maybe both liking to work out, I think is the only thing they have in common. Yeah. Uh, there's really nothing that they don't even look like they would be moderate, you know, related to yeah, each other. You can like, there's nothing. Look, I can buy a lot of yeah. shit. Look, uh, look, dragging a safe across streets of Rio, I can buy that. Driving this down a driving down a runway that's like three days long, I can I can buy it. Fuck. I mean, fuck, fighting a submarine, I can buy that. These oh, two being brothers, no, no, this no. this this is where I draw the line. You took dumb. I, you I, took dumb too yeah. far. I almost believe that that car that they took off the cliff really hooked onto that bridge, and they and they swung it. I, I really believe that. I have more belief in <laughs> Kirk Cameron's hot chocolate than I do in this. And you know that that cup was empty, so that uh, cup was yeah, empty. That's saying something. 
That's saying something. Yeah. So, uh, but <laughs> that's a good one. Here's, here's so, but there's more. So, <laughs> like we said, Han yeah. is back. Uh, somehow, yeah. went from being you know blown up to being a black ops sniper. I don't know. Why just because. Him. I mean, because. just because we can bring because we can bring him back. Because because death has no meaning in this franchise. No, absolutely. Wow. Uh, <laughs> but not only that, we'll it's happening, Russell. There. It's happening. We're What's going that? to space. Yeah, we're doing it. When, now. You, when you see the two ghetto astronauts, low but Dude, low budget ass NASA. I'm not trying to be an ass, but if I see Paul Walker the next Fast and the Furious, I'm done. We're done. <laughs> now we're going. We're going. No. I, I will. You I will, look. I never walk. I have some... never walked out of a theater. They bring out CGI Paul Walker. I'm walking out. Nope. I was like, I'm Dude, done. Come on. The, the line has to end somewhere here. Come on, guys. This has to. This has to. I feel like <laughs> this has this to is stop. Madness. <laughs> this is madness. But yeah, so what, what do you even make of this trailer at this point, Russell? I mean, it's just action. I mean, that's literally all it was. It was funny because uh, wife and I took Ella to go see uh, what the hell did we go see? We saw Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse paired up with Jumanji, which she actually liked. The original 95 Jumanji. And they showed the trailer uh, of F9. And she's like, I don't know why guys like these movies. I'm like, I just said, I'm just just I just enjoy it. I said this is this looks great and I'll be there to see it when it comes out. I just it's it's a guy type movie, man. Girl chicks don't understand it. Uh <laughs> it's this is so far fetched. This shit like is so they're pushing constantly more even more and more far fetched. Now then you add magnets, mag magnets into magnets, the thing. I don't know how the hell that works. Magnet planes, space, Mag- cars and this is cars like staying up because of magnets pushing off or like they're like separating like the the moses is like parting the sea shit i want to see it though i'm curious i mean i'm curious to see how we're gonna make this work let's do it i I saw an article how like justin lynn apparently doesn't like consulted experts like to go to space Uh, i'm just like you know what i i would love to see the video of that meeting with justin lynn handing like a like an actual visit to the script and and tell him to go fuck himself yeah, this is what we want to do, and uh, yeah. <laughs> like, like, what, what, like, like, you haven't, you haven't given a shit about science in two thousand one. Don't start now. Yeah, it I mean, way like, too late. Yeah, you can have a huge, huge list of things that are completely problematic with this franchise, but nonetheless, it's fun, and we're still talking about it. So, uh, mission accomplished. And these movies do we're, bank. We're, we're still, domestic, we're still, or we're still international. talking. We're still talking about it because they don't, they don't stop making them. They're not going to. I mean, I just don't understand. You know, it's they make a ton of money. They're box. They're they're, you know, they're protected. Protected films, hey, man. They yeah. are brought in a lot of dollars and spawned a truly terrible theme park ride. A yeah, that, yeah, that does really suck. By the way. Oh, did you you, you been on that ride? Yeah, it's. Isn't it the fucking worst? I thought it was going to be so much cooler because that was what in California, wasn't it? So it's it's part of the studio tour in Cal. Oh, you wanted the California one. I went to one in California. So you, so you, sure, so yeah. you went on the, on the studio tour? Yeah. Dude, so that part of the ride is its own ride in Universal Orlando? Yeah. Oh, well, I'll be there next week, so I get to check it out. If, if you can walk on, go on it. If not, don't do it. If, okay. If the wait is longer than, like, 30, like 30 minutes, just, just yeah. skip it. Because, like, it, right. it, is, it is not worth it. That ride is fucking terrible. I'm amped for Star Wars Land, though. Star Wars Land is worth it. Like if like if you have to wait like an hour, like an hour, an hour and a half for the Millennium Falcon, yeah. fucking do it. Yeah, I'm I'm totally on board for it. I'm really looking forward to that. But yeah, the Fast and the Furious, the one that we did, I think in California, I remember it sucked. That that yeah, that that ride is fucking awful. Like truly, yeah. like, truly, truly, truly terrible. 
Yeah. Uh, next show we're talking about is for one I didn't think we'd see uh, for a while because I forgot when this movie actually came out. Uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Now, I'm, Russell, I'm just going to just go off the bat here. You don't know. You don't, you, you don't know, know Shang-Chi. And you would be uh, correct. Basically, Russell, this is a dude who's really good at kung fu. That's his only, yeah. pa- that's his only power. He is really what good I, at I, kung fu. Which I picked up uh, during the trailer. So, yeah, uh, so... This is Marvel's first. This is Marvel's first uh, Asian-led superhero movie, uh, and it's basically about Shang Chi, who's he's a dude who, again, he was raised to be part of this Ten Rings organization, uh, run by the Mandarin, played by Tony Leung, the real Mandarin, not the you know not the fake Mandarin, you know the dude who you know, the dude who was really pissed off Ben Kingsley for using his name. He's back Iron he's Man. in this movie. Iron Man Three. I- Iron Man Three sucks, by the way. I just want to hey, throw that out hey, there. Iron Man Three is great. We'll talk about that one day. But Iron Man Three is awesome. But, uh, fuck out of here. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, again, we got Shang Chi. We, we got the real. We got the real ring. This is, this is really Marvel's first attempt, like a martial arts type movie, but more scaled, scaled down in a sense because you know yeah. we're not fighting aliens. We're you know fighting some like you know heightened heightened martial arts. Uh, yeah. Directed by Destin Daniel, Daniel Cretton, who did Short Term Twelve and Just Mercy, two movies I'm really I'm a really big fan of. Um, Russell, what did you think of the trailer for Shang Chi: Legend of the Ten Rings? As I dug it. it. Yeah, I, I dug it for somebody not knowing anything about him. Obviously, I kind of dug it. I dug the vibe of it. Um, it was kind of something like it reminded me of, and it's completely separate, obviously. But Doctor Strange, how it was like something that was like a, it wasn't like your typical superhero. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, something kind of off the beaten path, which I kind of like because I like kind of learning about different you know superheroes. And uh, Chang Chi looks cool. I mean, I, I dig it. I, I like the, uh, you know, it looks like it's going to be one of those action-packed, you know, fight choreography type uh, films. It looks it looks fun. I'm, I'm on board. I'm very curious how this movie would have done in, like, a non-COVID world because, you know, the box is going to be affected by that. That's just, that's just an oh, starter. All these, all, all these movies are going to get hit by it, so it doesn't really, doesn't really matter. But I do wonder, like, how, how, the, how this movie would have done if that was, if, like, you know, pandemic wasn't a factor. I think I think it would have done really well, especially international. I think that would have housed. I think it would have done really. Yeah, good. you know, I probably would, probably would have done really well in China. Yeah, I think that would have done good international money, but uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, it's it's got a what September third release. Got a little bit more time to hopefully get things back on track. So uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. If all goes, uh, if nothing, if nothing moves right now, man, like we're 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 in for like a very like bottom heavy Marvel year because like, I'm, I'm interested in these release dates. Yeah, July Black Widow. July Black Widow. September, yep. Shang Chi, November, Eternals, December, yep. Spider Man Four, four MCU movies in the span of four. five months. Yeah, four big movies, and I'm glad you know Black Widow waited. Kind of, kind of would have been a shame, I think, if it, it went straight on streaming. It's not. Well, I mean, it's yeah, it's day and date releasing it, but you know. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's still getting a theatrical release. Uh, yeah, saying Shang Chi, I think it looks pretty sweet. Definitely, intri- definitely interested to see you know what uh, what what an MCU Kung Fu movie looks like. So I think it looks cool. Uh, yep. Set for a September third, twenty twenty one release. Uh, I feel like I have less. I feel like I have less to say about this one. So I'm gonna go with this one first. Uh, next trailer we're talking about is story, the trailer for Vivo. Uh, Vivo. This is one I've been hearing about for a very long time. I think it was first announced like way back in like twenty sixteen. It was yeah. yeah Lemonel Moran was doing a movie for Sony. And we were just like, okay, like, okay, what the hell is this? Uh, so <laughs> it looks very much like a Rio spinoff because absolutely he does. is voicing this uh, a kinkajou, a monkey. Or well, I'm sorry, kinkajous are not monkeys. 
Uh, he's voicing a kinkajou, which is not a monkey. <laughs> a liminal Miranda. And it's basically like his adventures trying to, you know, trying to... It's like a, like a love story, a love... Hold on, let me read this. So, Viva Falls, the one-of-a-kind kinkajou, Vivo, uh, who spends his days playing music to the crowds in the lovely Havana Square, which I think is in Cuba, not Colombia, which is what they keep advertising in this. <laughs> That's strange, but whatever. Uh, so, yeah, he's, from, he's in Havana. He's doing, he's doing his thing. Uh, now, you know, tragedy strikes after Andres reads a letter from, fam- from the famous Marta Sandoval, voiced by Gloria Estefan. Holy shit. She's uh, been hiding. Yeah, inviting her old partner to a farewell concert in Miami with the hope of reconnecting. It's up to Vivo to deliver the message that Andres could never. A love letter to Maria, written a long time ago in the form of a song. So it's basically like him trying to help his uh, his old his old homie, you know, get some yeah. at the end of the movie. The way, it's basically an animated wingman. I heard I, I read it the first time. I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> uh, but hey, look, look, Coco Mexicans got theirs. Colombians, this 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 is this is our time. Uh, like I said, Limino Miranda voices the main character. I'll speak to the characters. I'll speak to the uh, voice of Zoe Saldana, Michael Rooker, Brian Tyree Henry, uh, look, Gloria Stefan. Uh, now, if Sony Sony animation can be, can be very hit or miss, more often missing than hitting. Yeah. Uh, but now, Russell, if you had to bet on this one, do you think it's gonna be a miss? Or do you think it's gonna be a hit? Vivo, yeah. I don't. I don't know. I'm gonna go with a miss on this one. Going miss. Yeah. And this is really gonna test the star power Limo Miranda too. I mean, people know I his don't name. Know just that, people know yeah. his name. And I think that may might be the only that maybe moderately may, might save it. I, I don't know. Gotta be an animated musical music, and he's doing the music for this film too. So you know the soundtrack is gonna be fire. And Gloria Estefan's gonna come back and probably sing some and stuff Gloria too. So. And Gloria Estefan. Bringing it back. Bringing it back. Brought it back. Wrote 11 songs for this movie, Russell. But it worked. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, look, I, I love Lemonwell. I think he's a, I think he's a wonderful talent. I'm. Oh, and this is out the back of the new Sony Netflix deal. So this is going exclusively to Netflix. Yeah, that's what I saw. So that's that, that's that's very interesting. Uh, so yeah, uh, no release from Vivo, but it's definitely dropping this year. I am just. I'm fascinated by this. I'm like, what is going on? Please show, please show me. Vivo, show me the way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next thing we're talking about is for here today. So here today is, look, this man, ma- look, this na- this man now makes one movie every like fif- every fifteen years, and we are now lucky to see it. Billy Crystal is back in a movie. Uh, he basically plays a veteran comedy writer who. They don't say in the trailer, but you can basically tell he's like going. He has gone like through he's early dementia. Failing. He's failing. Men- yeah, mentally. Yeah, and yeah, basically, the French reformed this one woman played by Tiffany Haddish. Because uh, uh, Rick- of course, yeah. I mean, she's everywhere. Of course, she is. Uh, written and written and also directed by Billy Crystal, which yeah. is interesting. I don't know if he's ever is he ever directed a movie before this. Let me see. Pretty sure he oh, has. Oh yeah, he's, he's directed. He's directed a couple. Uh, but this is his first directed movie since, let's see, 61. Uh, yeah. He has not directed a movie since uh, 61 in 2001. Oh, that, and, that was, and that was TV. Oh, yeah, because he's a big Yankees fan. 
Yeah. The, yep. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And yeah. the and the Clippers. Hmm. Yeah, but as far as theatrical, his first theatrical movie since Forget Paris. I rem- I was just going to say Forget Paris too. I remember that he was a basketball referee in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Ross, what, what do you think of the trailer for here today? Yeah, I mean, it, it looks good enough. I mean, Billy Crystal's you know a legend, so it's kind of nice to see these older guys putting out work, and uh, it looks fun. I think it looks funny. I mean, Tiffany Haddish. I like the you know, the scene where she gets like. Uh, what uh, she's allergic to something that they're eating or whatever. I think that was kind of funny. Remind me of Hitch. You know, remind me of Hitch. I, I remember Pure Luck with uh, Martin Short and Danny Glover back in the day. That was like '93, I think that came out. Yeah. You, did you ever? Did you ever see that one? I didn't see Pure Luck. Oh, it's fucking hilarious. Um, it's probably awful now. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it looks funny. I mean, that's what they're going for. I think it looks funny. So why not? Yeah, I mean, I, I like I like Billy Crystal enough that I will I will willing to check it out. I think the trailer was okay. Yeah. I, th- I think that yeah. he got better as it went on. So, but that's what- oh, yeah, oh, for sure. It, it, it didn't open as good. And I think as the trailer got on, there's a little bit more heart behind it, which I think, which I, which I liked, obviously. Yeah. So, and uh, here today is set for a release on May seventh, twenty twenty one. What a way to start the summer. Oh yeah, you know it. Yeah. Uh, next trailer we're talking about is for a very, very interesting movie, uh, West Side Story. So this is the, the West Side Story pump up. You mean the pump up trailer? The pump up trailer, <laughs> hype. It's <laughs> exactly what I got. This like fucking like montage shit to try to get you amped for West Side Story. Ready for some jets on dolphins, a- jets on sharks action. Dude, I can see PJ Campbell probably fast forward, rewinding back, 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 watching, oh, watching, this, watching. This is exactly the kind of shit he goes nuts for. Um, yeah, this, this lo- is- all out of love, though, of course. All out of love. Um, of course, um, but yeah. So this is, I mean, you, you know, what's that story? The famous star, famous story of star-crossed lovers Tony and Maria during 1950s New York. Uh, the interesting thing about this trailer, looking at this, is that they really downplay Ansel Elgort. Oh, they! It's like you don't even know he's in this movie. Yeah, you see like two shots of him, and he's the main actor. And be like, there's that fucking asshole. Yes, and which yes, he is an asshole. First of all. <laughs> Uh, second of all, uh, here's the thing. Um, no, look, this is kind of a damn if you do, damn if you don't thing because you can't just, you can't just cut him out. It's it's not like a uh, Crystalia in it's not like a Crystalia in Army of the Dead kind of thing. You can't just cut him out. Yeah, because you basically have to shoot an entirely new movie. Yeah, it's and this movie man, that's already, crazy. And this movie already cost a hundred million dollars to make. So which it. Which is funny because like that Chris Delia thing, they actually like that was actually an on thing like in part of you season two he was in. It was like that kind of shit where he was actually like, like p- trying to pick up chicks that were like younger or whatever. But he but he's still in you season two and then, and then they worked on this. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I, but you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, it's yeah. kind of weird that it almost like foreshadowed real shit. Yeah, but. Yeah, so I mean, it's kind of just like a damn if you damn, damn if you don't because like, look, they spent a hundred million dollars on this. They can't let sit, they can't just let it sit on the shelf. Yeah, I mean, and a hundred dollars, a hundred million for a musical is a lot. Yeah, so they had to release it. <laughs> uh, so Russell, what do you think? I mean, like, what do you think of the original? It's, have you seen the original? What's that story? I haven't. No, mm-hmm. I, I've I've seen bits and pieces of it. Obviously, the you know the famous scenes and stuff like that. I haven't watched it all the way through, which I probably need to do. Before I obviously see the Spielberg one, what do you think of this trailer? Besides, besides, of course, being the hype video for me. 
Did it get you hyped? Fourth that story. I mean, it looks all right. I mean, you don't really hear a lot of the like. Uh, was it only in America or something like that? I uh, wonder yeah. in America. Decapitation yeah, yeah, America. Like, yeah. I mean, like the America. famous songs that you think. They really didn't really hype it up with the things that you really recognize. I guess me being somebody who hasn't seen the original. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to see it just because, I mean, it, just the notoriety that's behind it. Um, I definitely want to watch the original. I have it on my shelf. I just – it's a case with a lot of movies I have as I'm looking back here. Definitely have it, though. I need to watch it. I'll watch it before I go see it, though, for sure, before I go see the other one. All right. And, yeah, set, currently set for release December 10th, 2021. If they're smart, they will keep Ansel Elgort away from any and all press coverage. Like, was he even in this movie? Ansel who? I don't know. Ansel's not feeling very well. He hasn't. He decided <laughs> not to show up today. I want to I see him, but, like, I want to see the movie, but, like, it's the same film, but they like digitally remove from every scene. But don't replace him with anybody. Yeah, he has COVID. Leave him alone. <laughs> uh, and last show we're talking about today is for the Conjuring. The Devil Made Me Do It. What was this bad too? Yeah. Okay. Was this, so, this was rough. Let's. So yeah, this movie is about. So it's about another. It's just another story from the Warrens cases, and it's about how. Uh, about a you know a boy who committed murder, but then tried to blame it on the devil. I mean, it's it, hence the title that's just bad. The title the title's awful. Okay, now, he, now, let's break, yeah. let's break down why this is awful. Because look, the Conjuring's for lack of a better word. I mean, for lack of a better word, they are like serious business horror movies. Like they take yeah. themselves seriously. They are horror movies. They are like yeah. horror movies for. Then they are trying to be horror. Movies. They're not comedies. It's not like Happy yeah. Death Day. They're like outright legit horror yeah. films. No, they're legit horror, yeah. You put this title on? It's not, it doesn't become that. I can't take it seriously. No, and I can't either. Um, and, and it obviously gives away, like, obviously, oh, well, this had, had to have some kind of demonic possession because of the title. Um, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I think this this whole franchise is kind of wearing itself out. Yeah. This was the first time. This was the first time that uh, worth noting. The first time in U.S. history that a murder suspect claimed demonic possession as a defense. Which I don't know why more people don't do that. Guys, here's your here's your in, here's your <laughs> there, intro, guys. There's your Here tickets. we go. <laughs> that's that's, that's, that's how you get out of it. Um, but yeah. So yeah. but this trailer is also bad. It's really bad. Which I, I did, did this trailer yeah. remind you of anything? Like what? Like. Like which part of it? Of the the the, the, pre- the premise, the setup. This didn't remind me of anything. Go ahead and say it. And I'll, I'll see. Because like the like for the first like half the trailer, I was like, "Holy shit! This is God's Not Dead too." A little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah, this trailer is just bad. It's just like it just doesn't like the the loss of James Wan behind the camera. Is, is like completely sane. Is completely felt. He is yeah. not returning to. He's this is the first comedy film he's not writing or directing. Hand it over to Michael Chavez, who directed The Curse of La Llorona, which was not a good movie. It wasn't. I mean, it was. It was an okay. It was quite bad. Scary film. I mean, it wasn't the greatest. Obviously, those are the type. That's the typical horror movies that come out now are kind of like eh. But yeah, like he got this off the strength of what he did with that movie, which we saw that movie. I was like, really? This is what got him the job? Yeah, yeah it's kind of kind of crazy. But yeah, so I just I, I think this franchise, this franchise run, run its course. 
I mean, I, I I think so. Just in general, you know, I'm a avid horror film watcher. Um, I just the horror shifted. You know, what I mean, I think the whole entire you know demonic shit. You know what I mean? These little pop out scares. I think you know they wear thin because you're doing it all the time. La Llorona, same thing was you know pop out scares. Um, I, I don't know. It's just I, Unholy actually wasn't that bad. I actually did like that one because again, it deals with you know what I mean. Uh, that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And um, what's been killing lately is indie horror and low budget horror. And I'm I'm totally good with that. Like I cannot wait to see Saint Maud whenever the hell it gets a uh, digital like a. Whenever Saint, whenever Saint Maud finally comes out, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, yeah, because I know it is available on Shutter or something. I think, but I want to watch it. Like I want to buy it. Like I want to own it. So I'm kind of gonna kind of wait a little bit. I'm really looking forward to that one. Um, I like indie horror. I think indie horror's really been tearing it apart. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, yeah, uh, it's on Epics. Epics now, by the way. Epics. That's what I was thinking. Not Shutter. Epics, that's right. I'm not going to pay. If I'm going to pay, I'm going to pay to buy it. You know what I mean? Right. And the only thing they have on Amazon I looked was like a regional DVD. Those things don't play on regular, or standard Blu-rays or whatever. So I'm like, eh, I'll just wait. It'll, it should be coming out soon. But A24, anything that they put out, uh, usually a big fan of. I just like the whole creativity, the whole – just A24 in general. I think you and I have really obviously bragged about them as a whole, which is just a fantastic – you know, shit that they put out. I love like it's it's just so different, and that's that's what you need. All right, yeah, and uh, Conjuring and the Devil, Devil made me do it. Yeah, I I hate saying that as much as you I do hate hearing it. it is yep. set for a June fourth, twenty twenty one release. Now moving on to that's it for for that's it for trailer talk. We now move on to notorious news. Uh, first of all, let's get this out of the way right now. Let's talk about the Oscars. <laughs> do you watch the ceremony? I did. Ceremony was not not great this year. I mean, I liked how it started off. Just the um, ex- like it got very long in the tooth, and and, and that's the thing that with like trying to like go like do like almost like Monday Night Football like they're all you know hey Javier Bardem University of blah 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 actor or whatever you know what I mean like just shit like that like I'm just using this as an example. Um, it got yeah it just it, it felt stale. Um, I yeah. liked the setup like a cocktail lounge type setup, but um, it just. The, the whole order, and obviously we'll talk about the debacle of not putting Best Picture last. I think that that was completely the eye-opening thing of the night for for me and probably everybody else because the majority of the comments I saw were the same thing. How do you put Best Actor and Actress last? Is well, kind of we, we know head scratching. We know how we'll get to it, but yeah. So well, we know what what was intended for, but still, you don't rearrange the. You know what I mean? And then, then we'll talk like the in memoriam shit, which was like it would fucking go rapid and then stop and then it would go slow and then it would go boom, 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 boom. Like you, you can't do that. Buy the extra time. Show these people respect. These guys worked their whole fucking careers in Hollywood for entertainment and for the fans and for, you know, everybody who's who loves movies and everything about them. You know what I mean? And to show how they did it in memoriam and not even play music that is at all. You might as well have them play Jay Kwan, uh, tipsy while they're doing the in memoriam <laughs> you know what i mean i just I, I didn't i didn't like the music selection with the no, in memoriam. You know, the song was a bad choice no and i'm like dude you just it, it's it's a shame because these guys worked like i said their whole life for something that they really felt passionate about and for them to be dismissed like that you know what i mean how fast the in memoriam sped up um i think it was kind of shitty so yeah they, they just did a bad job overall yeah so uh, looking at looking at the awards, we cut, cut a lot of these. Tenet, Tenet, Best Visual Effects, 
Not a surprise. Film editing, sound, sound of metal, costume design, my range, black bottom, all make no, hairstyling, cinematography, yeah. mank, production design, mank. Which I, which really head scratched me because I thought for sure Nomadland would get cinematography. So did I. Uh, just because it's beautiful to look. I mean, it's fucking beautiful to look at. I mean, yeah. I'm not gonna lie about it. It's it's so surreal and just so calming to look at. Production design, mank, sound, sound of metal. Yeah. Big. First episode of the night was original song. I thought for sure that was going to speak now from One Night in Miami. It didn't. It went yeah. to fight for you from Judas and the Black Messiah. I mean, yeah, I, that was. I didn't know too much about the, the music. Which was a, which was a solid was, song, but speak, but speak now got robbed. Yeah. Uh, best original, original score, uh, Soul, well deserved. Not a surprise. Uh, also, one anime feature. Again, not surprised. Not a surprise. Another round, best anime, oh, another round, one best international, well deserved. Chat, really looking forward to watching that one. I didn't get a shot to see that yet. It's it on, looks it's fucking on, phenomenal. It's on Hulu. That movie is great. Is it? And then, yes. and then the other thing that I fucking hate is we're already talking about our American remake. Seriously, it makes sense. But did you hear? Did you hear about? Did you hear about that? Leo's going to be in it. Are you fucking serious? You, you didn't hear about it. I figured you. I figured I'd be all, all over, you'd be all over that. Yeah. No. Talk about American remake starring Leo. Yeah. I was ah. like, dude, this movie just won like best foreign. Like, what the hell are you doing? Like, already trying to talk and adapt this to American. I'm like, oh, this is awful. I just, I hate unoriginal shit, dude. Thing is, when I was watching, just like someone's gonna try to remake this. The, the premise is actually quite good. Yeah, but, I definitely want to see it. Looks, it looks fantastic. It's, like I said, it's on Hulu. If you haven't seen, seen another yeah. round, if you haven't seen another round, go check it out. The movie's excellent. Yeah, yeah um, it does look good. Uh, best adapted screenplay: The Father. Which was uh, really, which was a really great pick. Pretty easy to call. Promising yeah. young woman, Emerald Fennel, may maybe the best female winner of that of that award. I can't tell. May, maybe, maybe not. I can't remember. But again, Promising Young Woman, great script, well deserved win. Oh, it's a fantastic film. I love these next two wins. Best supporting actor, Daniel Kaluuya. Best supporting actress, Yu Yu Young Jung. Young yeah. Yu Jung. And I think we called best supporting actress, and I think we had a kind of a inkling of where best supporting actor was going to go, which I think it's still Lakeith or uh, Daniel should have been nominated for best actor, but actually no, Lakeith should have been best actor. He's the lead of that movie. <laughs> you think? Well, I mean, they're both. Oh, man, no, I don't know. Look, that that yeah. is, that is Lakeith's story. He should have been lead. Yeah. Now here are things that got interesting. Uh, I thought it was going to go Carrie Mulligan. Best actress went to Frances McDormand. She's won her third Oscar now. She's great in this film. It's she, well she's good, and I didn't think she was gonna get. I didn't think she was gonna win it. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll skip best actor for now. Um, best director Chloe Zhao, Nomadland. I was happy about that. Yeah, I, but well I really, I, I, I was pulling for Minari though. I'm not gonna lie to you. Uh, yeah, I would have liked to see Lee Isaac Chung win, but Chloe Zhao yeah. did an excellent job. Minari. She's the now the second woman, first Asian woman to yeah. ever win this award. It's well, yeah, yeah. well deserved. Uh, no man, also one best picture, phenomenal yeah. film. Uh, yeah, yeah I mean, it was a good film. Again, I, I think you and I are pretty much in, in unison with the Minari. I would take over Nomadland for me. Agreed. Per, my my favorite of the year uh, for for sure. Out of the best picture nominations, I definitely would have picked Minari for sure. Yeah. Now, yeah, here's something they did that they, they <laughs> I've never seen the Oscars do. So the third to last, and the last awards are the best picture. That's how it's been for They decided forever. to move that. The order, super, all, uh, the order was all off because they did best director within like the first like hour of the show. Director was always before picture. Yeah, so they yeah. did that. Uh, Chloe Zhao won her Oscar very early on. Yeah, they do best picture. Nomadland wins, so they're doing yeah. best actor, best actress last. 
Yeah. So we all think it's like okay, so it's, they're gonna do, they're doing this because Chadwick's gonna win. They want to end with that. <laughs> they yeah. get the best actor. Yeah, and then Walking Phoenix comes out awkwardly too. By the way, to yeah. do this, it's, it's always the first of all. It's always it's always the best actor represents best actor, the best actress represents best best actor. Yeah. So, <laughs> Walking Phoenix comes out. Oh well, shit! I didn't even recognize that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always the opposite, and they, they completely blundered that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so, like I said, started with started with everything after In Memoriam just went downhill with the ceremony. And That's then right. Zellweger should have been performed. Per- yep. Okay. Yeah. Walking Phoenix, I don't think just like best actor. Anthony Hopkins for the father. Good night, everybody. Bye. Because <laughs> Anthony Hopkins wasn't there. Yeah, which I mean, I get. I mean, the guy's eighty-five. I mean, I, I give him a break. Um, like, yeah, the, like it's he ended up. I mean, now look, I, I've I've seen the father. I can say this. Anthony Hopkins, he he deserved it because he is that is maybe the problem of his career. Yeah, and I I I there's another one I didn't see because I. I think this vacation really came in at a shitty time, like with us going to California, just kind of ruined me of uh, trying to watch, get caught up on these best pictures. Um, like I normally would have, I wanted to see it. And I was saying to my wife, I said, I would love to see Anthony Hopkins win this because he's, he's always remembered for Hannibal Lecter. And the guy's such a great actor. Like I, I don't want to see him always remembered for that one act. You know what I mean? That one Oscar. Um, and it, it just looks like from the trailer, I mean, from what I've seen, it just, it looks so believable it looks so genuine you know what i mean absolutely but yeah uh people weren't too happy about this no it was people were fucking going crazy on facebook and twitter you, dude you shift the entire show because they don't yeah. know who wins they can't they, they don't know who wins they you shift the entire show on the assumption that chadwick is going to win don't assume it yeah don't assume it but that like this like this. It's kind of like when you, when you go for two in football. Like this, like this is what happens when you when you when you fuck us up. You look yeah. you, look, you look really stupid if it doesn't work. Yeah, and if you nail it, you're a genius. But how many times has that worked? That if you, you nail like it, Joe you're Cole? a genius. Yeah. If you look, if you don't, yeah. you look like a moron. Like whatever. When anybody remember like Joe Namath, if he didn't guarantee the win, they won. But if would they have been like, look at that asshole guaranteeing a win, they got blown out. You know what I mean? Exactly. But stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. So again, this this. Yeah, so uh, it happens. Chadwick Boseman does not win an Oscar. He will now never get a chance to win an Oscar, which he tragically passed away. Yeah. And this is one of the worst reviews uh, Academy ceremonies in quite some time. I mean, you just don't mess with tradition, I think, is the the big eye-opening thing here. Um, kind of like what you and I said. Like, other people not watching that wouldn't have, like, like my wife would have had no idea. But you watch it religiously like we do, and you, you see the things, you know what I mean? They're, you don't mess with it. You don't rock the boat. It's been good for this long. You know, it's already, you know, and obviously, you know, we've talked about the Oscars, like, being a, a joke, you know what I mean, through last several years, you know, just in general. Oh, it's a joke, it's a joke. And then you just put, you make more, you look more stupid by doing shit like this, you know what I mean? You make yourself look worse by messing up the, you know, order of things and not sticking with precedent, you know. It's it's really head, it's really mind blowing too. Yeah. So, the, <laughs> so many things could have fixed. First of all, get a host for the remote ceremony. You kind of needed it. There was no comedic. Uh, the only time was what uh, Lil Ray. A Lil uh, Rel, yeah. Which, yeah, I, which, I, I, I like that bit because like it gave some personality, which this show desperately needed this, this time. It was funny. The Glenn Close made herself a complete meme, obviously too. She did. 
Yeah. Um, uh, but no, that's fun. You need that stuff, man. You need that personal interaction with people. It's you, you, it becomes so need, it becomes so stale after after a long time because you're not connected to it. You're it's intangible. You're you're not. You know what I mean? There's no. I mean, if if you weren't like us invested in film in general, you'd be like you turn it off. It's, it's it doesn't engage you. You know what I mean? That's exactly. the whole idea of having a host. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In memoriam. Poorly edited. Poor song choice. Well, even and and then the speed. It like I said, it would speed up and slow down. Speed up, slow down. It, there was no like keep it keep it slow. Let these people have their you know. I mean, you're not putting them up there for ten minutes a piece. Let them have their couple seconds. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. So much they could fix with the ceremonies. <laughs> God, just like <laughs> it's like seriously, it's like a like a kindergartner put this shit together. Like it's yeah. it's so out of order. It just it's a mess. Uh, but anyway, that's 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 it for our academy talk. We'll see you next year for, for, for doing all <laughs> this again. It, please get this shit together. Get get it together, academy. Get it together. Yes. Uh, next piece we're talking about Indiana Jones five. Uh, back in the news, uh, got another cast. Speaking of another round, got another cast member from that movie. Mads Mikkelsen has yeah. signed on to appear. Most likely playing the villain just because. That's what I mean, he, it's Mads Mikkelsen. It's Mads yeah. Mikkelsen. Look at that dude. He was born to play the villain. Guy's a villain, come on. But yeah, I mean, look, this project heating up. So, what do you think of Mads Mikkelsen joining the cast of Indiana Jones Five? Um, it only helps it. I mean, obviously, you know what I mean. It's he's, he's a good actor, you know. Just it makes sense. Yeah. Something that doesn't make sense, uh, at least to me, Creed Three is happening. We, we already know that Michael B. Jordan is going to be directing the movie. Yeah. And we kind of speculated this a while, like years ago. Uh, but yeah. it'll be confirmed now. Sylvester Stallone will not be returning for Creed Three, which is yeah, which is really which oof, is it's, it's kind of like puzzling, to say the yeah. least. Just because he wasn't, yeah, you don't need him in there that much. Like I mean, <laughs> you do, but like you think about like it, like look, Rocky is uh, he's such an American icon. He's an American icon yeah. in the film. Yeah, he especially sports sports icon too. Sports icon too. Yeah, absolutely. He is just so synonymous with this franchise that to have him not be in the movie like at all. Yeah, it's weird. Like, it, like if you're if you're not gonna do that, then you have to kill him. Like, yeah, I mean, you would have to kill a, Rocky. It, it puts a blemish on the on the on the film already before it even comes out. No yes. matter how you cut it, you know what I mean? Exactly. Um, because, like, it, you have to explain why he's not there because like Rocky would never just say. Ah, fuck this guy. I'm not gonna or, show up. Or, or yeah, he just receives a text message from, oh, hey kid, you're doing good or whatever. You know, like you, you got to have him in there. Yeah, if nothing else, if nothing else, just bring him back to kill him. That's all you got to do. Yeah, look, it worked for Han Solo. Worked for Han Solo. Worked for. <laughs> what else did it work for? I was trying to think of something too. Huh. I was like, oh, never mind. Yeah. Worked for fuck. Han Solo. Han Solo is like the one that yeah, like, Han Solo, I, I, that's it. I gravitate to. Yeah, I guess that's it. Because uh, yeah. De- Decker survived in Blade Runner 2049. Uh, Spoilers. And obviously they, they, they were obviously going to keep Leia alive. That was never going to be – she was never going to go away. So, so yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Work, work for Han Solo, work for Han Solo. But, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. you, you, you kind of need to do that because Rocky just you, – you, and don't – the worst thing we could do is kill Rocky off screen. Oh, kill him! Yeah, that's that's that does a complete disservice to the to the character that you've Absolutely. built for forty forty years Absolutely. or fifty years. Yeah, yeah. So, do you need Rocky? No. Well, okay, you don't need him for the whole movie, but you have to give him, you have to give this guy his due. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's like talking about like literally there's an elephant standing in the room and you completely are like not filming it. Like you're, you know what I mean? You're in the same room and you just refuse to film it in that corner. You know, you just, it's so there you have, you have to address it. Yeah. Uh, next piece of gas we're talking about. Someone, someone who is going to be an A movie. Lucy Liu is confirmed my, to play a my villain. my girl Drew. Is, is confirmed <laughs> to play a villain in Shazam! Fury of the Gods. She's going to be playing oh, a villain been... alongside uh, Helen Mirren. Jeez. Uh, she's playing the goddess Calypso alongside Helen Mirren. Once again, movie okay. set for a 2023 release. This movie's a lo- still a long way off. Well, good for Lucy Liu. She's she's been in hiding since like Kill Bill. You don't really see her much. Yeah, I mean, she, well, she's been on Elementary for several years. But... Oh yeah, that's right. With the like the Sherlock Holmes exactly. TV show ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, no, like Lucy Liu, she's she's a really good actress. Probably like one of the first like really big Asian American actresses like to, to break through. Yeah, for yeah, Charlie's like, Angels. Yeah. yeah, to like actually like be like mark like marketable in a sense. Yeah, until Ballistic X for Sever and that kind of really severed her career. <laughs> oh, oh no, I'm just playing. Yeah. No, but Kill Bill, I mean, Tarantino really kind of brought her back in too, so I mean Yeah, so yeah. I mean, I'm, good, I'm, good actress. I'm, I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see Shazam too. I, I love the first one. Yeah, I, I did too. Something that I'm also very curious to see. Uh the Amazon is doing Lord of the Rings for you know, or they're doing Lord of the Rings the series. Yeah. Uh, they just released the budget, and I I find I'm, I'm fucking floored. This the series is budgeted at Russell. You ready for this? It has to be a lot. Five hundred and fifty million dollars. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Per episode, no, I'm kidding. Total. <laughs> I was gonna say there's no fucking way. <laughs> but here, here's the wow. thing. Here's the thing, Russell. Do you know wow. how much? Like, just take a guess. How how much do you think the original films cost to make? All together or separate? All together. I'd say probably less than $500 million. It was definitely less. Decidedly yeah, I, I'd less. Say, I'd say maybe like 250 Actually, not, not far off. 281 Okay. Yeah, I, I figured it wasn't anything extraordinary or like uh, exuberant like that. Wow, that's crazy. That's two, it's two times the amount of – almost two times the amount of the budget, double the budget. But, uh, yeah, so they, they can make Lord of the Rings oh. twice for the amount they make the series for. What was the Hobbit's budget? Uh, that's for that trilogy. That's a good question, actually. Let's find out. That's probably. I bet that was probably lower. I don't know. There was a lot of computers in that movie. Yeah, but I, I, I think I would have seen that shoot lower than two eighty one. Uh, actually, holy, holy fuck! Are you serious? Is it more? Is it way more? Uh, yeah, substantially more. <laughs> really? Yes. Uh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this, man. For the amount it took to, to make one Hobbit, they could have they could have made a Lord of the Rings. Are you serious? How much was the Hobbit? Combine as estimated combined budgets, seven hundred forty-five. Those movies were trash. Like I remember seeing the first one. I mean, I I just couldn't get into that shit. Couldn't get into them. Yeah, uh, budget for the first one wow. was again we don't we don't have a, we don't have a full a full figure yet. Budget for the first one was es- was an estimated two hundred three to three fifteen. Second one was a I don't know why we had the exact one for this one 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 ninety one, third one uh, between two fifty and three hundred. Jeez, wow! And nobody really talks about those movies. I mean, Not like they do the original trilogy. Well, I mean, we don't we don't talk about we don't talk about the same kind of fondness. We talk we talk about them. 
Yeah, I'm like, wow, that's crazy. Wow. Okay, so uh, maybe it's not so bad. <laughs> maybe 550 is not so bad. But you know, man, for, for an Amazon Prime show though, that's 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 crazy. Well, I mean, I mean, I, fairly, it's good. Fairly you positive, know. this will make it. This will make this their most expensive show by like a mile. I don't think anything would come even come close to it. Like uh, I, but, I don't think. But yeah, uh, do you think that? I mean, do you, do you what do you think this is a gamble is going to pay off? It's a huge gamble, I, but I think you have that following. I mean, I, here's my thing: you're you're far enough removed from the Hobbit trilogy ending that there's still the, the original Lord of the fa- Lord of the Ring fans like like myself that I, I I mean I enjoy the original trilogy. Don't get me wrong. Um, I maybe saw the first one and maybe the second one. And that's pushing it for the Hobbit trilogy, without seeing the last one. But I think there's there's still it's there, there's still a good fan base out there of, of nerds. You know what I mean? I think that would still go, would go uh, do this. I, I think it's I mean it's a huge it's it's a huge gamble because you obviously you're at 500 million plus for a uh, budget. But I think it, I think it could work. Yeah, I mean, we'll yeah definitely see if like you know who's behind this show and we know we know who's behind it, like what they can do behind the camera. Yeah, def, def, definitely fascinating to see what's going on here. I mean, this show has to last for multiple seasons for them to even kind of break even of anything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we'll see see what's going on here. Uh, Next piece you're talking about is uh, we had The Father come out, mass success, won a ton of Oscars. Uh, The Father director, Florian Zeller, is already looking at his next film, Uh, The Son. This is not a joke. This is his next movie. So the writer of The Father of the show, or the, the writer of The Father of the play, uh, actually has a trilogy: the father, the son, not the Holy Spirit, Hol- the mother. I was gonna, I was just gonna tell you. I was like, is he's gonna do the Holy Spirit as well? Yeah, no, this is the son. Um, this is the son. It's ba- uh, basically this one is about uh, a, f- a son. You know, basically, it, it sounds a lot of marriage story because it's about uh, the child of a two parents going through a divorce. So I feel like marriage yeah. story from the point of view of the kid. Okay. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Pure Flix would do the Holy Spirit, I'm sure. They will do the Holy Spirit. Okay. Uh, but they already have actors attached to this. Really? They do. Uh, this will be st- As the parents, this will star Mr. Hugh Jackman and Academy okay. Award winner Laura Dern. Okay. So here's the thing. Like, uh, you, know, you have an acclaimed property. Yeah. You have two actors who are fantastic. Now, I I think that this is clearly being looked at as Hugh Jackman's potential Oscar Oscar bid. I mean, if not this, I mean, he's going to get something down the road. He better, man. He is too good of an actor not have an Oscar. Oh, yeah. Look, I mean, look at Prisoners. Look at Logan. I mean, fuck. Anything the guy's done. I mean, even Grady Sherman, I love. I mean, I know it's really a lot of people. That's really a divisive, divisive movie. And there's a reason uh, why we'll get to it at some point. But yeah. Uh, but I mean, he's good in anything he does. Absolutely, but yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. So this, I know you haven't seen the father yet, but you know, like hearing about this, like the son, like, does it try to take the father out more? Or yeah, I mean, if they're you're going to attach a proper, just like you know, with West Side Story, obviously remaking West Side Story, you want to watch the original. But yeah, you want to watch what the origin of something that's spawning out more, um, and you have two, you know, good actors and actresses attached to the property obviously you know we've talked about you know Hugh Jackman and Laura Dern's fantastic um I mean I thought you know she was good enough in Marriage Story I mean she obviously won the Academy Award for it I think she was good enough in it you know what I mean um but she's always been an acclaimed actor uh always been good in David Lynch films 
uh, you know, even Jurassic Park and stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, she's she's a good actress. Um, I'm just kind of curious who they're going to cast as the uh, as the kid. They should get uh, well. He's probably a little bit older now, though. That uh, the kid from uh, the Hell Wonder. I always liked him. Oh, Jacob Tremblay. Ethan. David, yeah, Tr- Ethan, Ethan Tremblay. Tremblay. I, I keep thinking Ethan Tremblay. No, what the hell's his name? What Tremblay? Jacob. Jake. Jacob Tremblay. Yeah. Jesus, these people in their same last names. But I think he well, would be Ethan a good Tremblay. Ethan Tremblay. Also, Ethan Tremblay is also not real. What the hell is that from? Due dates. What am I sa- really? That Jesus. was Zach Galifagos' character's name in due dates. Jesus Christ, man. Um, this is. You see how like watching this much, this many movies, like it fucking fucks with your head. Yeah. Yeah, that's Jesus Lord. That's his. Oh, that is his name. Yeah. Wow. I feel like an idiot. <laughs> uh, yeah. Something. Uh, something that may ent- may entice you, Russell. Uh, maybe. I'm not sure if you feel about. I'm not sure if you feel about these films. Uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre reboot. Okay. How do you feel about, how do you feel about the first Tex- Texas Chainsaw Massacre and the sequel? The, the original. Yeah. The original was. I mean, the original was. I mean, classic. I mean, it's 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 cheesy. But so is the original Nightmare, or the the original Friday the Thirteenth. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, I still fucking I love that. You know that's that and Halloween are my two all time favorites. Um, the second one was wasn't as good, and then obviously you know the Texas Chainsaw Massacre really found themselves getting progressively worse, just like normal horror franchises usually do. So, but uh, yeah, and I and I'll go on record here right now. I, I love the O three remake with Jessica Biel. Um, I, I really like that one. I think it um, just the dark grittiness of how they shot it. I liked I liked Leatherface in that. Yeah, well, Russell, the reboot's coming. Freddie Alvarez on a, produ- uh, a producer. Okay, we have, it's going to be rated R as it should be. <laughs> well, I should hope so. And we have our title. Uh, this is going to kill it, isn't it? Why don't you take a guess? Oh man, I don't know. I remember them. I remember seeing something about it. I don't know. Let's go Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, I don't know, Chainsaw, or no, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Blade or something, I don't know. No, 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 that would differentiate it. This one Died is by be- the Blade. This one is going to be called Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, I took the the out took of it. Took the the uh, out of really? it. Jesus, Lord. It seems like that's what you do when you have a, fr- a, like a reboot. You either add a the or drop the the. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, so like I, I am really getting sick of this like naming convention of horror movies. Just name it yeah. the original title. Just name it the original title. It kind of worked for Halloween. I oh, think like with Halloween kill or Halloween kills or you talk about the oh you talk about the the one that came out and yeah a couple the, years ago the eighteen one yeah it kind of yeah. worked there. It doesn't make any sense for Scream. No. Uh, and now we so I mean Scream two four. And yeah. then what are they doing with the what's the what's the other scream called? The new one's gonna be called just scream. The new one's still is it scream? It's just scream. Oh yeah, I mean it it works for that. I, I think it, it's an established enough franchise. I think that can work for it. Cause it's just called a scream reboot. <laughs> scream Redux. Scream <laughs> Redux. Redux. Scream. Uh, scream two K or scream, scream two. Scream, I don't fucking scream, know. Scream twenty. Scream two K twenty. There you go. I get some shit crazy. Two K. 2K21. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel like we, we got we got to stop this. We got we got to stop doing these movies. Just just calling this, the sequel, just calling them the original title again. It's madness, but uh, I mean, sure. Uh, yeah, they they have anybody in it yet? 
Uh, I don't think so. I don't think anyone uh. listed as far as I can see. But yeah, we'll okay. definitely keep an eye on. Probably, probably gonna be some nobodies. I don't think we're gonna get like anybody big for this, but still, so probably be a Blumhouse, yeah. Blumhouse grab. I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> this is a, this is a funny story that I want to bring up. So for the longest time, Citizen Kane has held a spot as the top-rated film in Rotten Tomatoes. Russell, what have I told you? That was not the case anymore. Oh boy. Because Citizen Kane has been dethroned because an 80-year-old negative review was found for the movie. Are you serious? So it is no longer 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's fucking hilarious. It's 99. That's funny as hell. Top-rated movie now. Bow down to the king, baby. Paddington 2. Are you serious? Yes, that is now the top-rated movie on Rotten Tomatoes. How did The Godfather not get any... uh... That's crazy. I think I don't think the Godfather has a hundred. Yeah, it should. It should. I agree. But what is the Godfather's rod to be I'm very curious now. It's gotta be like what, ninety seven, ninety eight, ninety six? Ninety seven. Yeah, I mean it's gotta be up I was gonna say it's gotta be up fucking almost a hundred. I wonder how many I wonder how many negative reviews it has. Four four negative reviews. Well, read one of the negative reviews. An overblown, pretentious, slow, and ultimately <laughs> tedious three-hour quasi-epic. Quasi-epic. Somebody, uh, people are just putting that shit down to be fucking Arth- different. Ar- I think. Arthur Schlesinger from Vogue. Uh, I found that flog. I found that flogging about for. Th- I found that flogging about for three hours in that quagmire was spiritually deb- debilitating, and a crazy waste of time. Robert Hatch, The Nation. I don't see how any gifted actor could have done less than Brando does here. You guys he, out of your fucking mind. His resident power, his sheer innate force, he has rarely seemed weaker. Stanley Kaufman, <laughs> The New Republic. I wonder if these guys... Last, uh, negative, last <laughs> negative review. Uh, an intellectual's daydream about revenge without remorse and power or without accountability. Andrew Saris, Village Voice. Notice there's not like much to elaborate on with their negative reviews, though. I mean, they're longer reviews. That's just, that's just like the that's just like the statement, or, or the negative statement. You know what I mean, like or whatever. Wow, boy, that shit's crazy. Yeah. So, but regardless, Paddington Two is now the king. And I think that that's crazy. Man. Orson Welles was just upset by a bear. Get out the marmalade. Get out the mar- get out your marmalade, people. Let's have the party. <laughs> uh. Epic News talking about uh, we talked about uh, Shang Chi earlier. Marvel Secret Invasion is heating up though because they have just cast someone, uh, surpri- a surprisingly you know notable actor for a project like this. Amelia Clark has just <laughs> joined Secret Invasion. Secret Invasion, in case you forgot, is the Marvel story about how the Skrulls basically kind of invaded Earth and disguised themselves as humans, and they've been doing it for years. Yeah. Uh, Olivia Clark and holy shit, Olivia Coleman was confirmed for this. Jeez. Yeah. So, Olivia uh, Clark, uh, I think, I think is a good pick just because you know she's someone who has a, of course, Game of Thrones background and prestige TV. No stranger to this to this kind of stage. Um, yes, joining the cast includes Nick uh, Samuel L. Jackson, Ben Mendelsohn, Kingsley Benadire. Uh, you know, Russell, the, uh, round, rounding it out. So, I mean, I know you, I know, I know you're not really tapped into MCU TV shows as much as I am, mostly because you don't know what the hell anything. We don't know what what's going on until you see it. Yeah, but is this you know up your curiosity or up your anticipation for this for this show? Yeah, I mean for sure. I mean, one division uh, I got my wife on board with. She really enjoyed that too. Um, 
yeah, I, I like you know learning things that I necessarily wouldn't have known. You know what I mean? I, I think it's kind of cool. But uh, yeah, this sounds fun, and you know, obviously the talent attached to it's fantastic. So. And speaking yeah. of and speaking of Disney Plus projects, uh, Disenchanted actually has some new cast members. Uh, three, the three they've added: uh, Yvette Nicole Brown, favorite uh, from Community and other things. Uh, Jamie Mays, maybe from Glee, and Maya Rudolph from well, a lot of spot stuff because they just named one example. That's uh, enough. Uh, added to the cast, all for uh, Disenchanted. Uh, which means that this project moving full steam ahead. Still don't know what the plot is. Oh, here we go. Uh, ten years after Happily Ever After, Giselle questions her happiness, inadvertently turning the lives of those in the real world and Alasia upside down in the process. So, wow. Oh, we are going to mess everything up in this movie <laughs> and in this and the world. Uh, but, yeah. Now, look, I, I think The Enchanted is one of the more underrated Disney live action movies. That movie's really good. Okay, yeah. Have you seen it? The Enchanted? Yeah. Yeah, I saw it. It's been a while. Yeah, I think more people need to revisit that movie. But you're talking the one with Amy Adams, right? Yeah, yeah. It's been it's been a handful. It's been a while. At long last, I remember, rejoice, I remember rejoice. enjoying it. Rejoice, rejoice! We're getting the sequel. Oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> I knew I was walking out of the theater saying, "Man, I I hope what ten a, years from what now." What happens next? Yeah, I hope ten years or ten plus years, I should say, uh, we get a sequel. Regardless, though, I think I think the idea sounds fun. I think it yeah. could make for some really really great stuff. I like the commentary they do with, with like Disney princess tropes and all that kind of stuff. So I think the, I think yeah. it's fun. Yeah. Uh, next thing we're talking about is for speaking of streaming movies. This is this is uh, Spaceman for Netflix. Uh, so Spaceman is going to be uh, going to be moved for Netflix. It's going to be a drama starring Adam Sandler and recent Academy Award nominee Carey Mulligan. Hmm. Uh, this movie is... I don't... I can't see... Okay, so it's based on a novel. It follows an astronaut who's going to be played by Sandler who's set off... who's sent to the edge of the galaxy to find, a mi- to find mystifying ancient dust. Uh, as the astronaut finds his, his Earth life falling apart, he turns the only voice to help him try to put him back together. Which also have to be a mysterious creature from the beginning of time lurking in the shadows of the ship. Uh, Mulligan's also set to play an astronaut. It sounds very, it sounds ungodly complicated. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Adam Sandler's next, next movie is not going to be a terrible comedy. <laughs> no Jack and Jill too. Yeah, I wonder. I do wonder who's who is doing this. Let me let me find out. But but while I do that. Uh, you hear that premise. You hear Sandler and Mulligan. Atta- <laughs> Mulligan's the shocking one to me. Tell me there might be something to this movie. Uh, yeah. What do you, what 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 do you make of all this? Yeah, kind of what you said. Uh, Mulligan's kind of like a wild card in this thing. I don't understand what she's like. She almost doesn't belong, or if she's belonging, there's a reason why. Um, the paycheck was either yeah. really fat, or she didn't read the script. <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> or she she got blasted one night, hammered drunk, and agreed to do it. I guess I don't know. Um, but obviously, with uh, Sandler coming off of uh, Uncut Gems, you know, obviously one that we really praised a lot with his, you know, acting and robbed of an, an Oscar nomination. Um, yeah, I mean, it's something completely different. You know, he's really trying to branch out, you know, outside of the you know cheesy comedies. But you know, if this works, great. If not, at least he tried something different, right? Uh, if, if it works, great. If it doesn't, I ain't gonna watch it. 
let's see. Being directed by Johan Wright. Oh, fuck. Okay, so yeah. This is the guy who did Chernobyl. Oh, okay. Well, I, I'm familiar with it. I, the show, I, I, I never watched it, but I, I know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. No, this is, this is an, it's actually an excellent pairing because Chernobyl yeah. is fantastic. It's one, it's one, of yeah, the best, it's one of the best miniseries I've seen in the last like couple of years. Yeah. Yeah, so I actually, I'm, I'm, I'm actually very, very intrigued by this now. Uh, so, yeah, so, wait. Am I looking at the right movie? No, I am. So, yeah, uh, directed by Johan Rank. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Russell? Spaceman. He's doing it. Why not? <laughs> Why the hell not? Uh, so, yeah, next thing we're talking about. Someone else who's doing things uh, is Liam Neeson. He has lined up his next guy who's really good at murder stuff movie. <laughs> uh, this is going to be... I'm there. This is Memory. So in this movie, this movie in, in this movie, Liam Neeson plays an assassin. Uh, <laughs> of course, I mean, why would, he has a why very he? particular set of skills. He's 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 earned them for all these films, man. That helps. So the whole thing is he's struggling with memory loss, which affects every movie. So this sounds like Taken meets Memento. <laughs> Taken meets the father. Taken me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we went there. I did that. I'm sorry. I should have done that. Uh, but yeah, uh, set to co-star with Guy Pearce and Monica Bellucci, and directed by this is the shocking one. Martin Campbell is set to direct this. Huh. Golden Eye and Casino Royale I gonna, Zone. I was gonna say Golden Eye Zone. Golden Eye Zone. Uh, huh. But yeah, uh, Russell, what do you think of the premise of Memory? Do you think is it something that that you know, catches your fancy? I mean, it's Liam Neeson. I'm, I'm gonna go watch it. So yeah. Sure. All I, need, all I need is Liam Neeson killing shit. And I mean, dude, dude, I'm fine with that. I, I'm totally good with it. We can't get enough of that stuff. No, we cannot. There's never enough Liam Neeson murdering, murdering people. No, in, in, in no. The, so. I mean, yeah, let's get another take, another marksman, another honest thief. Uh, you know, another nonstop. Uh, whatever else that he does, it's uh, the the commuter. Uh, let's, let's get it. Let's, let's, let's get, get nuts. Let's get him to beat up a boat. He beat, beat up yeah. Europe, beat up a plane, beat up a train, beat up Aiden Quinn. Now it's gonna be a beat up a boat. This guy's doing it, man. Good. Uh, two more stories. First of which is uh, there's a lot of speculation on whether or not this is gonna happen, but it looks like it is. Uh, Godzilla vs Kong is getting a sequel. Not a sh- not a surprise. I think we talked about that. And Adam uh, Adam Wingard is being looked at to return to the franchise. Um, yeah, uh, doing really well so far, uh, even with the current situations, uh, turn, turning in a box office of currently $406 million worldwide. Long live the king. Long live live the king. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, so, uh, looking that, yeah, uh, very, very, no ideas being thrown out yet. One being Son of Kong, which I think would be hilarious. Um, but yeah, so again, this is the thing where they didn't know. This is why, like, spoiler for um, uh, Godzilla vs. Kong. There's no post credits in that movie. And the yeah. whole reason it is because they didn't know if they were going to get the rice from Toho back. Okay, so, so they, they kind of wanted to see what was going to happen on the... They, di- they didn't want to promise on anything they couldn't deliver on. Okay. So which, I, which, I applaud them for, which I applaud them for. But now yeah. it looks like the Toho, the Toho is giving them the license back. Good. So... Yeah, uh, Russell, how, how did you enjoy Godzilla vs. Kong, and you know, would you be looking forward to a sequel? 
I enjoyed it. Um, I liked it. You know, um, I'm a little sad about you know spoiler alert with you know King Kong's performance in the fight, but um, outside of that, though, I mean, yeah, I, I I like it. I mean, I just I, I enjoyed it. Um, it was a fresh feel, and it was good to see two iconic you know uh, monsters battle it out. I mean, you kind of knew one was gonna win, one was gonna lose, and then obviously both. Yeah, everybody everybody goes off into the you know in the sunset, and everybody's fine. So not a surprise that they're making a sequel. I'm glad that it, it's doing so well, considering all the COVID stuff. So that's 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 great, and that shows you how much you know people are dying to get back into the theater. So yeah, I enjoyed it though. I did. I liked it a lot more than uh, uh, Godzilla King of All uh, King of the Monsters, or whatever. So yeah, yeah. No, I do think that it's. I, I, I thought it was a really fun movie. I really enjoyed it was. It. Yeah. My question is, where do you go from this? Where do you go from here? I just don't know. Yeah, it's so, so many directions. Like, I, there's there's a lot, not really many directions you can go. You burn through, you've burned through a lot of the really big monsters, anyways. I mean, Kyle Chandler. Maybe you go to Texas for football. I don't know what you do. You know, I, I don't know what you could do. Go 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 back to go to the Dillon Panthers. I mean, <laughs> you could. Do. Sure. Why not? Shit, dude, fucking. I'd love that crossover. Oh my god, yes! Give me, give me Friday Night Lights meets King Kong Godzilla, dude. Yeah, the, 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 they're they're <laughs> now everyone who's Dylan Panthers now fighting the the fighting the monsters. They're throwing footballs at the monsters. I fucking love it. Do it, great. Uh, <laughs> and they give Jason Street magic legs. We can walk. Oh, he's the secret. He's the secret he weapon. Sli- he can slice them up with their legs like fucking that Oscar Pistor- Pistorius or whatever the hell his name was, the killer. Right. Remember yeah. the bladed, yeah, the guy that you felt sorry for, and then he ended up like killing his girlfriend or wife or something. Yeah. Oh yeah, that guy. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, I can't believe you went there. Jesus. <laughs> is, is he gonna give up selling uh, what cars? Oh no, no, he's he's a, he's a, he's a sports agent by the, by the time that show ended. Oh shit, that's right. And then you notice he always did that thing with his hand. He always had that like, he always that little. <laughs> We're so bad. <laughs> and, 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 and this is the last show we're doing because we've been canceled. Uh, now, last story we're talking about because oh, Russell. Awful. Russell, we <laughs> wanted that? it. We've demanded it. We've asked for it. Rejoice, rejoice. Todd Field is finally making another movie. Hey, hey there we go. Uh, because now it's his first directorial feature in 15 years. Uh, no word on what the plot is. Going to be called Tar, but we don't know who what the movie's about. But we already got an actress, Kate Blanchett, is coming along for the ride. Now, I'm case, on board. I like it. In case you know, Todd Field, he was an actor. I started directing movies. Directed a couple things. He directed In the Bedroom, which was great, and then he directed Little Children. Little Children was fantastic. Also great, fantastic film. Nick Nightingale and Eyes Wide Shut. Yeah. Came out in 2006, has not made another movie since then. Little Children was so fucking good, though, man. Yeah. Wow. Oh, fantastic film. And we're all like, when is Todd Field going to make another movie? Get back out there, man. There's people putting out shit that never go back. You put out great stuff. And the answer is now, because good. Todd Field's coming back. So, I mean, honestly, I like it. I don't even care what it's about. Like, I am there. I'm there, dude. Yeah, that in the bedroom was great, too, with... Uh, 
Marissa Tomei. You, like, you just blanked out so hard. Yeah, Marissa <laughs> Tomei. In the bedroom, it was great with that. Fuck, who was in that? <laughs> Wilkinson was in it, wasn't he? Wilkinson was in it. Okay. Yeah, he was. And Sissy Spacek, right? Spacek was in it also. He was he was Wilkinson's wife. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm so I'm so excited to see what Todd Field com- uh, brings up. I think that he is. He's someone who I will, I've always wanted to see make more movies, and looks like he's finally doing that. Hopefully, it's at least some more movies, and we don't have to wait another 15 years for his next one. Yeah, here's to that. Yeah, which means that's if, that's it for notorious news. Which means we now move on to the movie of the week: Scott Pilgrim versus the World. So this movie came out in 2010. It was directed by Edgar Wright. This is his first American produced movie because uh, the only ones that are produced overseas. Uh, this is based on an indie comic. I'm not sure what published it. It might have been Dark Horse. That sounds vaguely correct. I'm not sure. This is like an in, this is like an indie indie comic. Oh, yeah, this was like one of the the uh, first. Uh, Oni Oni Press, first, but yeah, Oni Press, yeah, yeah. Uh, so came out in two, came out in 2000, 2010. Uh, budget uh did did not do very well. There's a budget a very modest budget of eighty five million dollars. Yeah. Made no more than forty eight at the theaters. I was one of the I was one of the ones that saw it. So I saw it too. Yeah, it's kind of crazy because this kind of killed this killed it at. Oh yeah, uh, it it they killed it at Comic Con because they showed oh, it at Comic Con yeah. and people yeah. loved it. It was like a cult classic now. And then no one showed up to support it. Yeah. But it has grown a budget. Uh, it hadn't grown a budget. It grew. It grew. Budget was the problem. It grew. It's grown yeah. a following over the past couple of years. Ah, uh, def- I would definitely say it's a cult classic for oh, sure. Oh, definitely, definitely a cult classic. Absolutely. But the question is, is that following warranted? That's what we're, we're going to be looking at today. Uh, so yeah, let's not waste more time. This is Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Movie starts off. You automatically see what kind of style they're going for. Uh, now we'll talk about it in a second, but we we meet our main character Scott Pilgrim, played by Michael Sarah. Now this is a big, this is kind of a big, you know, point of contention with this film because I think that your enjoyment of this film will hinge a lot on your tolerance of Michael Sarah. I could see that. I mean, to me, I don't get over annoyed with him. Uh, I think it, it's, yeah, here, it's moderation. Yeah, like, like I'm a I'm a big fan of Rest Development and Superbad, yeah. one of my favorite comics of all time. So my tolerance yeah. is very high. Oh, same here. Yeah, I mean, I I like Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist too. I like I like him in Juno. I, I think anything that he does is you know, it's it's Michael Sarah esque. You know what I mean? Um, it doesn't bother me. That being said, I think that Scott as a protagonist is. Uh, it's, 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 it's much. It's, it's, it's a little much. Because when you look at the movie, he's not that good a dude. No, and that's the thing. Like the thing about the thing I think about it though, it's like he's not that big of a ladies' man. Like all these women are just like throwing themselves. You know what I mean? Like he's also, really? He's also kind of an asshole. He's a huge asshole, and it's like, dude, you should be thankful. Yeah, like, like. He d- he he, dum- he dumped Allison Pill. He dumped Brie Larson. Yeah. He's about to dump yeah. this girl, who is underage, by the way. <laughs> yeah, she's clearly seventeen. She's not eighteen. Yeah, like that, that's that's another thing I want to talk about right now. So he is dating this girl, Nice Chow, 
Scott is 22 years old, and the girl he's dating is 17. I mean, I, I can see, I can see it being quite obviously because she's underage. Well, because she's under 18. I mean, and they don't, and they, I, and they don't pull transformer. They don't stop the movie dead to show you the Romeo and Juliet laws. Yeah, I mean, why does she have to be 17? Just why can't she just be 18? You just know what I mean? 18. Like, why do we need that? Yeah, just make her 18. It's like the wow factor. Oh, look at look, they're doing something like doing something they should be doing. Yeah, so yeah. Like, uh, that, like that's just like that's a big, big yikes right there. Wasn't that something in one of the? Uh, oh shit! I want to say one of the. Uh, oh my god, the John Hughes movies wasn't wasn't or wasn't it one? It was something in there that somebody was like seventeen or somebody was are you underage. About, are you talking about sixteen candles? No. Uh, where was it that the person was underage and it was like it, it led to something questionable? You know what I mean? Endless love? No. Was it? No. Was it? Um. Oh shit. Was it? It wasn't Animal House. Somebody was like. Oh, under- well, it was Animal House. Was it Animal House? It yeah, was. Where they one of, ma- they w- made one of the characters almost had sex with a girl who was like way underage. But she, I think they said it wasn't like she like seventeen or something like that or something like that. She I don't know. She was younger than that. Like was she? We reviewed that. We reviewed that film and like yeah, it was. It was. I can't. That was like the only like really that was like the biggest yikes of that movie, which I actually enjoyed. But that's another, it, that's another thing. But 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 that's the thing that I'm saying to you about it. It's like why do we need to ha- have that be? Why can't you just be 18? You know what I mean? It doesn't hinder anything in the movie. Yeah, let's just be just be 18. Like it's way it's way yeah. less gross. It would st- you would still have the yeah you shouldn't be doing this factor of it because he's 22 years old. I mean, I get it's not that far apart, but I mean, I still understand you should. You know what I mean? I get it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but like th- we'll talk about like why we'll talk about like why this character is just problematic. But here's the thing: yeah, his girlfriend though is great. I like Knives, man. I really do. Knives is cool. Knives is cool. Dude, she's like a bad dude. She's a badass chick, man. Like she's totally about you. She she automatically gravitates to what you like, so she starts liking it herself. The, and the act the act is really good too. I want to want to find her name. Want to want to give her her props. Yeah, uh, no, she's she's fantastic in the film. Even when she even like dyes her hair like later on in the film, obviously we'll talk about that. But just like she tries so hard to win him over, and he's such an asshole to her. Yeah, Ellen Wong's the actress. She's she's really good in this movie. She's funny. She's she got, she got good timing. Like she's totally believable. She's totally believable in the fact that she would be obsessed with Michael Sarah. Which look at this dude. Like. <laughs> I mean, it's it's Michael Sarah. Come on, you know, has, like really. He, he has the face. <laughs> he has the face of a toddler and the body of a stretched out toddler. Yeah, or a stretched Armstrong, stretched out stretched Armstrong. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so you notice the style of this film immediately because now you think a lot of it. What this works, this movie, I think, works because of one person. That's Edgar Wright. I think I, that I agree. The way it's edited, the way it's put together. I like like the like the pop like the pop art style and the video I, the, I, like, the video game use of editing. I agree with it. I, even the opening opening thing having that uh, like an, like an, was it like an Atari type opening or something like Atari that? Atari type, yeah. Yeah, and I I like I dig that. It really puts you into that universe that Wright wants to create. Um, I love the whole fact that I'll even say like even Snyder probably borrows from that a little bit with the watch. Or no, didn't borrow from, but I think Wright might have been influenced by the Watchmen a little bit. Um, just what I see with a little bit of the comic, t- you know what I mean with the comic, the live, like it's really bringing it 
bringing it out. Right. Yeah. Like, I, I love I love the use of like word bubbles in the movie. I think I think that's I think that's really fun and really clever and like a lot of, like a lot of cases. Uh huh. I, I dig it. I totally do. And I think it really really puts you in the film. It's something completely different that you don't see very often. No, absolutely. I think I think it, I think it really like it it, it makes the like, it really crafts the style of this film. Like to the point yeah. where like you can put you can put any like it, it's so distinct that you could put any random cell from this movie and you would instantly know that it's Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Yeah, it has its unique stamp for sure, and I, I like the way that Wright does that. Even when I think, isn't there a scene I think where uh, Michael Sarah's like breathing or something like that, and it almost has like words or something coming out yeah, of it or something? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 just so unique, and it, like I said, it really you feel like you're in a comic book. You feel like you're in that world, you know. And I think it's yeah. really cool. And you you do kind of see this influence like put to like like, like Spider Verse, especially. Using the style to yeah. like, to like the yeah. degree, I think I think they yeah. do, I think they do it better in Spider Verse than this. But I do think that you oh, got to yeah. throw some love to this because like it kind of shows that the style. Hey, this can work. Oh yeah, for sure. I literally yeah, obviously just seeing Spider Verse again tonight. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so we then go we then go to you know we, we, so yeah we we meet Scott we see his band Sex Bomb. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what a uh, name! What a name! Uh, we then meet another, another one of the characters. My favorite non-X character in this film, Wallace, played by the yeah. only Culkin who can act. Culkin, yeah, Kier- Kieran. Yeah, his his gay uh, roommate his gay or whatever. Roommate. Yeah, he's he's good. He's hilarious. I love Kieran. He's good. He's really good in this. Yeah, he's like he, he has like so many one-liners, but it's like he is he is fantastic. Again, only, oh yeah, only Culkin that can actually out, out of paper bag. Yeah. No disrespect, no disrespect to McCully, but come on now. There's a reason you're not acting. Oh yeah. There's a reason you're not acting. I was gonna hey, say. Congratulations on your new yeah. son. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we then meet. So then you know, we see Scott's sister, uh, played by, played oh, by yeah, Edgar played Wright's, by, uh, Edgar Wright's then girlfriend. Yeah, uh, fucking bastard. Uh, and and Kendrick's really. Yeah, yeah. They, they were shit. they were together for like years, man. How old's Edgar Wright? Uh, that's a very good question. Because I, I just I picture him like I guess I just that picture might these put guys things older, to light. You know I mean? That might put things to light right now. Uh, Edgar Wright, Edgar Wright is forty-seven. Are you kidding me? Dude, Ed- so he was what thirty-seven, and she how old was she? How old is Anna Kendrick? Let's find out. <laughs> was she seventeen? <laughs> okay, it's not it's not that big a difference. Anna Kendrick's thirty-five. Fuck it. Oh really? shit. Wow. Okay, dude, really? Yeah. Wow. And they they met while they met while filming this movie. Oh, okay. That makes so they were only two years apart then. Yeah, yeah. So they well. Oh shit, that's she's, right. she's, well shit. Then that's believable. So well, no, they're they're twelve years apart. Okay. Uh, well, that's me and my wife. Okay. Really? Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. She because she she'll be fifty and I'm thirty seven. So Beck there you have 50, it. Beck is fifty. Beck, Beck's gonna be fifty in June. Yeah. Oh my god, I did not know that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So I get the age gap. I, I I just thought Wright was like a little bit older. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, well, he is, but it's still not, not, nothing, nothing, uh, nothing out of the ordinary here. Not, not nothing yeah. questionable. Yeah, um, normal, I guess. Still, Edgar Wright, bastard, because because Anna Kendrick is one, one of my woman crushes. She looks gorgeous in this one for sure. She is, she looks gorgeous in everything. I love I love Anna Kendrick. But I'm saying like I, I like I'm just like 11 years removed. You know what I mean? 11 years back, I think, just to see because you you're so used to seeing her lead things like Pitch Perfect and you know. Uh, Randomly being an end of watch, you know what I mean, like yeah. stuff like that, you know. Yeah, she 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 did just pop in and watch them. Dude, it was so random, man. Yeah, she. Yeah, I I was like, this was a fun film 
to see so many up and comings. Do you lot, know what I mean? A lot of up and comings, a lot of like really. Oh, my, or people that have already been established, though. I think it was fun to really point that out. Like, oh my God, that's, oh my God, that's, oh my God, that's, you know yeah. what I mean? It was fun. But yeah, so, uh, like I said, it's kind of, it's kind of scolding me. It's like, dude, you're dating a 17 year old Catholic school girl dude, from China. You don't see any, you don't see a problem with this. <laughs> but here's the thing. Uh, we got, got talking about with his ex girlfriend, who we'll get to because the fact that Michael Sarah could ever land this person is insane. Yeah. Uh. We do see that you know the you know that their relationship is actually you know, it's, it's 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 sweet like it's it's not it's non physical which doesn't make it any better but at least there at least there's that it's non physical yeah. like she they, yeah. they 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 do seem to care about each other yeah it makes it less Woody Allen ish less Woody Jesus <laughs> oh, we went there too okay, sorry <laughs> and this is the last episode of Sorry by Chance oh man. Uh, yeah, we also meet uh, Scott's friend Julie, played by un- un- unrecognizable uh, Aubrey Plaza. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, really unrecognizable. Yeah, the the, the woman who probably sh- if they if they ever make a Daria live action movie, it has to be her. Oh, it's absolutely her. There is no there is nobody else. Yeah, you don't make a King of the Hill film without Michael Judge, and you don't do a Daria movie without Aubrey Plaza. That's a proper we are. We call call him Michael Judge. Or Mike Judge, I should say, because I'm just so, I just want you to know that I just love that King of the Hill shit so much. But uh, yeah, for sure. So, yeah. Uh, Scott starts having his visions of this this one girl with with, with red hair, who who he then sees in real life, played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead. This is the main female of the movie, Ramona Flowers. Who he gets yep. an obsession with after seeing her in a dream. It's just why did uh, he have this dream? How's I mean, I don't know. Doesn't matter. Why did? Why does she randomly live in the same spot of Canada you do? Like, how does that work out? Yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't know. But yeah, this is this is Mona Flowers. We see that again. The fact, yeah. Uh, you see Scott's opening pickup line, and he makes it makes you question how we got any girl to begin with. Oh yeah, there's no way the Pac-Man. <laughs> line. I love yeah. that Pac-Man line. There's no reason he has any business being with Brie Larson. Which I'm looking at it right now. Reminds me, reminds me of Video Drew. A little bit. <laughs> I could see. I could see. Yeah. Yeah. She. She. She absolutely loves. It's, yeah. it's mostly the hair. Yeah, I think it's that. Yeah, it's the the dyeing of the hair. I think that gives her the Video Drew. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, so yeah, he blow, blows with Mona. She's an she's she delivers Amazon packages. So the whole thing is like she's gonna order a package just for her to deliver it. Boy, if they only knew what they knew now, how big Amazon Prime is now. Oof. Man, if, yeah, if they if they only knew. Yeah. You, if they you, only you, yeah. He he had to wait several weeks, man. If you do that Prime right now, you could you could have had her in two days. Listen, I can talk to Chance right now and order something. It's showing up literally probably in the next, like, maybe less than eight hours at my house. Absolutely. Like, it's, it's fantastic, man. We also see his growing. We also see him, like, again, this is more like the unlikability of Scott really drags films down. Like, yeah. We see him start to be, like, kind of an asshole to knives. For no reason, though. For That's no thing, reason. Just, just because, like, okay, it's like, dude, you dreamt about this chick that you don't even know if she's real. Yeah, like again, but we we know she's real, but like 
But you know what I mean, though. He doesn't know that like she's actually. You you struck out, and you have someone who like is is great, and like yes, the underage thing. But like, look, take the age out of it. Like this, this is this is a good parent for you, and you're like shafting her for no reason. Like, like you're treating her like shit for no reason. And and she's literally trying to mold herself around the things that you like. I mean, supporting your shitty band, like you know, I mean, just being around, liking the things that you like, hanging out with the people that you hang out with. That's that's pretty. It's pretty rare to find somebody like that. But regardless, uh, you know, Ramona shows up, uh, asks Scott asks her on a date, and you know we find out that she's someone who has a lot of bags. She moves around a lot. She's got she's, she's got some things she's got some things in the past that are going on. Girl's got some history. She's got some history. Yeah. I will admit though, Mary Elizabeth Winstead is attractive as hell in this film. Oh, she's gorgeous in this. She is. She's gorgeous in a lot of things. She's a very good looking woman. And you and McGregor's lucky man. I think that well, that's and I totally forgot she was in, yeah, she's in, yeah. she totally in Sucker, Sucker Punch too well she she was oh yeah. my god I think that's what made me think of the Zack Snyder to connect that with Watchmen I, yeah, yeah. I was like yeah but yeah they but yeah they, they, hook, they hook up uh, which makes him which makes him a cheating bastard unlikability keeps going up <laughs> yeah Michael Sarah's really not painting himself in a good light no really he's really not nah uh, but then, especially because he did not tell her about Nice. So, like, the next night they have a concert and she shows up. She's ready. She's hyped. She's like, yeah, sex bomb. bomb She's the biggest, yeah. she's the biggest fan of this band. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She got, she got a haircut. She's got, like, the little, I don't know what you'd call this. It's, not, it's sexy, not, though. It looks good. Yeah. It's not quite a pixie cut. Hey, hey, hey. hey. We're not going to get canceled. It looks good. It looks good. L- listen, okay. Being, if she was 18, of course. She, let's now, let's now, throw now, that out there. We say that, of course, now <clears> that the actress was, oh, well, she was of age at the time. So, so we, no, so, but it's a, but it's an attractive hair. It's an attractive hairstyle. No, yeah, she makes she makes for, it work. She makes it she's work. She's going for. And hey, yeah, yeah. and we're allowed to say because the actress was of age at the time. So, so it's fine. My, so just calm down, everybody. Don't can, don't cancel us. We, <laughs> <laughs> we already got a couple other things here that we've probably yeah. I also do love the execution of, of like the whole like, battle of the bands thing because the whole that's the way it's done. Like it, it almost feels like a parody of like sh- like really shitty battle of the bands like you that you would see around <laughs> town. But they take that shit so seriously. That's the I'm fucking so, funny like, part. We, uh, let's sing a song. I'm so sad. It's so very very sad. And then they just they, yeah. <laughs> the song that, like that three, the song like three seconds. Yeah, it was hilarious. It was hilarious though. Yeah. Uh, but then like sec- awkward e- like awkward emo band or whatever. Yeah, like this yeah. for this for the next guy. The guy corner. Like we hate you. Please die. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the battle band comes on. It's Sex Bomb's turn. Man, man, Knives is the most supportive. I love Knives. She's great, dude. Seriously though, like find a chick like Knives, man. Like she's find, supportive find of your a, stuff. Find a girl like Knives. Now we forgot to mention earlier after after his date with Ramona, Scott gets an email that he chooses to not read. Yeah. Uh, it turns out it came from the guy who showed up in the middle of the performance. This is Matthew Patel. A uh, part of what is easily the best part of this film, Ramona's yeah. evil exes. Yeah, this is where yeah, where we start to encounter exes that we find out she has seven of it's pretty yeah. pretty funny. So this is Ramona's first evil ex. Basically what has to happen is he has to beat all seven of these evil exes, yeah. In order to, if he wants to date Ramona, now 
what's cool about the X is, is that like they they get these actors who inject a lot of per- that they're they're these all these characters are only in this film for like a few minutes. But they're all per- they all serve the purpose though. They all serve the purpose. They all leave an impression. They're all yeah. hilarious. Yeah, because you can Pat- call back to each of them and yeah. remember. Matthew Patel is great. He, like they really play- they have like he has this whole, like Bollywood thing going on. He yeah. has fire powers. He's he, he's he's great. But I, I I don't know who that actor is, but he's funny as hell. Totally got uh, what Street Fighter Street Fighter Two vibes. Did feel did feel very Street Fighter. Like what the hell was that dude's name? His big arms. His his arms would grow out. Oh, uh, fuck, it's, uh, is it Ken? It's Ken, isn't it? No, the 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 bald the bald like indie guy. Oh, the bald. Yeah, I can't remember his name. But I know you're talking. Uh, about. Yeah, that's what I got. Like I I love again and kind of what we'll harp on a lot. Just like the video game. Uh, influence obviously in this film that Wright really just goes back to all the time. Like even the little things like picking up coins and shit. Just I I, I just I dig it. I, I really yeah. I really dig the uh, stuff. But he he really does these fights. He does these fights really well. Oh yeah. Like they're like they're well like they're well staged. He, he puts he puts like again they're well edited. Like they're it, it feels like a, it feels very video game esque. It's smooth. Yeah. But it's it's like it, the, it's very like very smoothly edited. And they, yeah. And they look really good. Like and again. The effects, for being as mildly budget as they are, are great. Like but I love, like, like yeah. I love the scene where like he kick like he kicks Matthew in the face and he turns into coins. Dude, and I love like I said, it's just the, the small things like the sound effects, yeah. the little things that Edgar Wright uses and just to really bring out that whole entire environment. He does. Uh, Wallace, so Wallace ends up steal, stealing uh, <laughs> uh, Scott's Scott's sister's boyfriend, which is a funny in of itself. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I said, he has to go on to defeat seven year old exes, but uh, he's still dating knives. He has not dumped her yet. Yeah. Which he decides to do, and man, you feel so bad for knives. I mean, it's like, dude, it's like this chick really, like, she's like, she's one of those people that you're sitting there, like, even like if you're watching a movie or that you know, uh, know of a person like this, you're like, dude, like, walk away from it. Just be done with it, you know? Yeah. What's what su- What sucks is, like, like, it's like, like they, they the way it's edited, it's like they keep cutting back, like keep like going like shots of Knives' face. Yeah, and he's like, oh, you feel you feel so bad. Poor Knives. <laughs> it's like, it's like, dude, a chick would like, you know, people that have been struggling along like that shit too, though, or you they may have been struggling along like that shit. Like it's crazy to like, like th- this dude is literally bringing another chick while you're present to his band gig. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, we move on. So he, he continues to try and pursue Ramona. Pursue Ramona. Uh, they go to the site of a movie filming in town with a big actor, Lucas Lee. Uh, Lucas Lee just so happens to be the next evil ex. Yeah. Lucas Lee is my favorite ex of all of these. Played by Chris Evans. Which is great with the with the the burns, the the sideburns without the. Side no, yeah. he, he's he's got that chin strap. It's it's a complete. It's like a helmet strap. Like yeah. there's no mustache coming down to connect. It's straight up like little chops. Which yeah, we talked about with knives out, but like we talked about knives a little bit. But as much as Chris Hemsworth is known to be like the upstanding citizen Captain America, he is so good at being an asshole. He is, and that's obviously something you know we, we were obviously. Uh, gushing over and knives out. I mean, it's it's he's that he can play that, and obviously we see it ten year or eleven years ago in this film. 
you know, just what he, just his range as an actor. Yeah, so this is Mona's next evil act. They dated for a couple <laughs> in the ninth grade. For a couple yeah. of in the ninth grade. Uh, yeah, I, lo- I also love like how, like, how just very short her relationships are. Oh, dude, it's like they knew each other for like 15 minutes and she- they're an ex already or something. Like, it's, something, yeah. it's crazy how, like, she she's connected to these seven exes. It's, it's hilarious. Yeah. But I, I, I love this. I love this fight. Just because you clearly can see that Chris Hemsworth, Chris Chris Evans would beat the crap out of Michael Sarah in a one on one fight. Dude, it's not even even Chris Evans in that shape, um, which he's still in shape, but not obviously. I mean, still would would obviously destroy him. He's he's not helicopter bicep shot in shape yet. But he's. I mean, he's still. It's still Chris. It's Chris Evans. Guy's been working out. Yeah, but I I love like the way he keeps toying with him in this fight. Oh, he totally baits him. Like he's like trying, he he's like that. stringing him along. Absolutely, I yeah. like, like I'm nothing without my stunt team. And his stunt doubles are beating him up. Dude, it's hilarious. That it's like it's like these people that don't even look any. It's it's funny just like the different people that you see. But like yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's a whole it's a whole riff on like how yeah. on how stunt doubles look nothing like their actors. Dude, it's like thirty or it's like thirty or twenty other people that are just have sideburns like Chris Evans. And has a haircut similar to, but they're like some of them are like completely heavier than him. You know what I mean? It's like it's it's so hilarious. Yeah, but like yeah, like 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 Lucas Lee is just so, he's such he's such a dick. He's got he's got the best one liners in the movie. Yeah, like, he he's, this is a dude. He steals every second he's on screen. He's stealing the entire movie. Yeah, it, it, he's he's really hilarious. So naturally, they kill him the most unexciting way possible. That's the one thing I don't like about Lucas. Like they, they they kill him in a really unexciting way. Granted, it had to be like this. Like, well, yeah, because I mean, how else are you gonna really? Yeah. How else is it gonna happen? Are you talking about the skateboard? The yeah. skateboard. Yeah. And, the, the whole way. The whole way they beat it. He, he beats him. Is he's like, I bet you can't grind this rail. And like this rail is like the length of the fucking Great Wall of China. Yeah, it's like, like, like let's call it. Come on, rail. really? Yeah, the world's lo- the longest rail in Canada, maybe the world. And listen, all right, I don't care who you are. You ain't slowing. You're not gonna gradually slow down as you go down this thing. Let's just put it like that. Yeah, no. I I, I don't know how he thought that was gonna happen. But... Dude, dude, it's so funny to watch the sparks coming off that shit as he's like trying to grind down on the on the railing. Yeah. It's like, like, dude, like this can't end well. Yeah, he literally grinds to death. Like that's how he dies. And it, yeah, it's literally just because Sarah like dared over, like said, "I bet you can't do it." And yeah, just Chris Evans' character has to prove him wrong. Yeah, uh, we get a couple. So yeah, uh, he, so that's it. Two X's down, five more to go. Uh, he's we we we. We then get like a couple minutes of downtime, which is just, it's just more of Scott just being an unlikable dick. Yes, he's, he's just yeah. complain, he's complaining about it. He's a, he's a complainer in this movie too. He is a little whiner. He is, he's a he's a whiner man. It's, it's like if you had like all like the whiny scenes of Luke Skywalker with like none of the hero none of the heroics. Yeah, yeah. We then see him talk with his, one of his evil exes, one of his exes, and yes, it is, it is evil. Envy uh, Adams played by Brie Larson. Which you wonder, how the hell did he ever land Brie Larson? It had to be a case in which she didn't know what she looked like. Maybe she was blind. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe she yeah. used to be blind. Dude, he was sending false pictures on like AOL and some messenger <laughs> or some kind of shit, dude. 
kind of like sex drive when remember she remember he was trying to meet miss tasty cakes and he was sending like different pictures of him like like photoshopped right like he was like jacked and stuff i bet that's kind of what he did on this then then, then marriage saw, saw his noodle arm just like fuck this <laughs> yeah uh movie then I, I think skips a chapter because we meet an ex that he doesn't really fight or I mean some way doesn't really fight like who the fuck, who the fuck is this and it's yeah. Mae Whitman uh, Whitmore's daughter from uh, Independence Day oh my god yeah 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 she's on Parenthood she was Katara on Avatar The Last Airbender yeah it was like I think she just entered in as like a little curveball just to show oh well Ramona has a, a spicy side door you know what I mean yeah well, you, you don't know who she is until later in the movie, but you're just like, wait a minute, did she? It's a, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, that's kind of cool. It, it's funny, though. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I do like this next this next part because they go into the coffee shop where Arby Plaza works. This The whole the editing scene, is, this is, I, th- I think this showcases the how just funny. I think this movie is a good showcase of how like funny. Like Jokes don't have to come from like all dialogue. You yeah. can like pull, you can like get judged from like how you put the camera or like how things are edited like like every every curse word that oh, has she, is she, edited, she beeps it out she, yeah is, it's all bleeps it's blackboard over her mouth that's hilarious exactly. yeah and then like envy is here but <laughs> she's standing in her poster with the exact same pose yeah I'm like I'm like okay that's 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 funny staging. It is, and and just and kind of how Wright edits that perfectly, though, to get her like talking and saying the f word. You know what I mean? Just to like make it natural, which is really a compliment you get to any Wright movie. Like, which we haven't talked about him before, but like his movies are always edited incredibly well. Yeah, they're always super tight. Like he he's he's definitely somebody who goes and rechecks, checks, checks again. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. you look at like I, I I think of like the I think of like the you know in, in, intense editing of uh, Hot Fuzz. Or I think yeah. of the you know the mu- the music uh, timing editing of Baby Driver. I yeah. think, like he's someone who like he like meti- he like puts together this film so meticulous. Shot of, of the Dead, same thing. Shot yeah. of the Dead, same How, thing. Yeah, yeah. He's just he's very good like with what he does. He Baby does. Driver, especially, I think would showcase that a lot more just because how fast how fast it is. Absolutely no, I, th- I think yeah. that yeah, like just the way just something that. Because he's dealing with something more facts in the movie about Baby Driver, like it's it showcases it, it takes a lot more of a creative eye and you know like you know knowing when to when to cut frames where, I think that yeah. he is he, he's sneakily put together like some of, some of the best edited movies of the past couple of years, and they can sneak by you without you even realizing shit that was an edit that you like watch it it flows perfect you know what I mean it's like you could look at like a one shot. And just how natural he does it, though, you know what I mean. And again, he's also someone who's really well with visual gags. Like I love, like I love the part where, like, like again, him and Wallace live together. They share a bed, but then yeah. like he keeps waking up next to random dudes. Like who, like, who are the other people? Dude, just how like they sit up like they're in a coffin. Like you get, yeah. how many people do you got in that bed? Like there's like four people in there, dude. It's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, but then we cut. But, but then we finally get more, some more of the most likable characters from more knives. Still reeling yeah. over over Scott Pilgrim, dying her hair for him. Yeah, she starts dying. This <laughs> I love her whole like Dana Dana's fat Dana's fat ass white girl. <laughs> <laughs> so she starts she dyes her hair. She starts to talk to, to young Neil. Yeah, try to get uh, him. Try to get uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we see a scene that reminds us that oh yeah, Brie Larson did try to have a singing career, which is oh yeah yeah. 
We see. We see why it didn't go anywhere. That's why it didn't go. She's not. She's not awful. It's kind of like Scarlett Johansson. Just like, yeah, no. just sit to acting. You're good at that. Yeah. Uh, but then it just so happens that they go to the Clash Demon Hand costume. It just so happens that the next of the next of uh, Ramona's evil exes happens to be in her band. It's Todd. Yeah. It's Todd Ingram. Todd the Vegan, played by Brandon yeah. Routh. <laughs> Which is hell. He's this is another funny one too. He's another funny one. I, yeah, again, I love Lucas Lee, but Todd Ingram, probably, probably my favorite, my my next favorite. <laughs> just how they make fun of like vegans, like what is a vegan? Like, I love what the, do you? I love the whole yeah. thing where just like he punched the highlights out of her hair. <laughs> yeah, it's funny shit, dude. This like I, again, it's it's just rights creativity with these exes to give them like, you know, what I mean that there's no overlap between these characters. They're all unique no, they're, in their different they're, way. They're they're all they're all distinct. Yeah, yeah. So like his thing is he has vegan powers. What hilarious. Is, yeah, basically it means he, he can do whatever he wants because he's a ve- he's a vegan and makes him be- it makes him better than everybody else. Yeah, I like the shit that you find out later on though, like yeah. the three strikes or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So but, so essentially, so basically, like he, <laughs> he he has like telekinesis. He can throw shit through walls. He's a better bass player than Scott. Yeah, I mean he's like pretty much like he's just like a Chris Evans. He's like 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 in shape, like a yeah. buff. You know what I mean? Like. But yeah, Brandon Routh, another, another dude who like again, he was he was really good at Superman. I I thought Superman Returns. It was good, yeah, and I love his his fucking cameo and Zack and Mary make a porn. It was hilarious. Yeah. Justin Long's boyfriend, fucking yeah, hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I I fucking love that. But here, man, like he's really showing his acting job because he's like he's just being just straight up. Like like Evans, being a straight up asshole. And oh, he's total like, dickhead. I, it, yeah. fe- it feels like he is having the time of his life in this role. For sure. Because he knows. like he's like he's He plays the cocky badass perfectly. Absolutely. So, Scott can't be a man anyway. So, the way he does it, vegan, <laughs> vegans can read minds. <laughs> but he still gets tricked into drinking coffee with half and half in it. Yeah, which, I th- which is funny because they can't have him. Yeah. Yeah. So, they... <laughs> uh, the vegan police show up, played by Just Thomas, played by Thomas Jane and Clifton Collins Jr. Dude, how fucking funny is that though? So, Such a random cameo too. Yeah, this is it's probably my favorite. It's probably like pure last, my favorite scene in the movie. It's like, <laughs> like no vegan diet, no vegan powers. Yeah, dude. Like, I, yeah. I, I don't get three strikes. It's like, and they have like the record, like, like the log of like his like fuck ups. Yeah, you know only just gelato. Like, Jalal's not vegan? <laughs> He's like, you had chicken, and then on this day, you had chicken parmesan. It's like, oh, fuck. So, yeah, yeah. he gets de- he gets de-veganized. It's hilarious, yeah. Yeah, hilarious. Again, I, I love the whole, like, Zoom, the whole, the whole, like, Zoom, like, like word bubble pops up when it happens. Yeah. So, yeah, he's de-powered enough for Scott, for Scott to kill him. Uh, so... Uh, again, and this is kind of where we get into like the, the like the psyche of a character like Scott. We see that Knives is still around. He still became kind, of, kind of a toxic presence to her. Uh, we see that you know, Cam, like he, he, dated, he dated Cam Allison Pills character, the drummer, for a little bit. Things never really fully resolved there. Yeah. And you know, Rose kind of showing <coughs> that like what we're already noticing. Scott really is not that good at do. Like he's in, he's he's immature. He hasn't he hasn't really deal with conflicts. And if he if he kind of just like, it's him above everyone else. Yeah. 
Which, yeah, like they know it's like that's not a way to live. But then, while they're doing that, Roxy Richter shows back up, May Whitman's character, who is evil ex for. Let's say evil ex and not evil ex boyfriends. Yeah. It's, and also at least maybe my I think the worst line of the entire film. And maybe you and you know what I'm talking about. What guy? What what is it? It's like I'm like I'm I was bi curious, and she says, "Well, I'm a little bi furious." Oh yeah yeah yeah. I can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't make that rhyme. Props to Mayor Whitman for make for just saying that line with a straight face. Yeah, I just like really we're gonna do that. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. They. They fight. They they fight for a little bit. Ramona gets in on the action, which is nice. It's, ni- it's nice for you know. Meryl's uh, Meryl's show show what she's got. Yeah. The way they kill her is hilarious. The way they kill her is hilarious. Like it's it's anticlimactic, but this one is at least in a funny way. Where like he ma- he makes her orgasm to death. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's hard to see. I know it's hard to see why the internet loves the movie so much. <clears throat> So he now has a list of all the exes. So it turns out that uh, the next evil exes, what a what, what a coincidence, Russell. The They're next the, same evil, the next two evil yeah. exes are not only part of the same group, not only twins. They are fighting them in the next round of the Battle of the Bands. I mean, it's like it was planned out. How did that's the Kadi, what, what timing? The Kadi and Nagi twins. What timing? Now, these exes have the least amount of personality. Of any yeah. of any of them in the movie, and I think this is just the yeah. I mean, there's we're gonna do a negative of the film. It's kind of like eh. It's probably like the least climactic. I think it's just like eh. Well, no. Here's the thing. I, I don't think it's the least climactic. I think that they they're the most underwritten. But yeah. visually speaking, they do have maybe the coolest fight. Oh, and I and I like that because it kind of reminds you like almost like a I don't know like a zooped up Daft Punk, or you know what I mean whatever like a like a, yeah. a sound off almost. Yeah. Yeah. But well, also, also, she also mentioned that the, throughout the whole film, we're talking about this whole G-Man, just, the, 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 the G-Man is putting this whole, putting this whole battle of the bands on. The G-Man turns out to be Gideon, Ramona's last evil ex. Yeah. So, uh, they end up being the Kadinaki twins, and they're actually a really visually, visually stunning fight. This is a little bit more. Uh, this is where they put a little bit more. Yeah. And like this is actually the movie where like, the movie goes into IMAX. Like this thing uh, was shot just, specifically yeah. for IMAX. This takes you like Tron shit, Tron Tron esque. Yeah. How they do this, the, so, like the drag is just the the, the whole entire. It, it looks it would look sweet in three D. Yeah. So, uh, the last X the, X the G Man Gideon played by Jason Schwartzman, who I think is a, is great casting for this because he's perfect. he's always an asshole. Like he, he can play that to the T too. He's perfectly playing a sniffing little, sniffing little asshole. He he can do it. We've seen him in countless times playing that asshole. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, so the whole reason was like, he's like, oh yeah, I can, I can never beat all those guys by myself, but <laughs> you did it and good job for that. But, the, but like, yeah, the, he owns a record label and he offers sex with him a three album contract, which they promptly sign. Yeah. And it, it's like, like, obviously Scott's like, no, he's like, I'm not, I'm not stupid enough to do that. Obviously. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's like, oh, and that's not, where, yeah, I'm not, I'm not such a bad guy, which yeah, you are. Yeah. Then yeah, the band members are quick to sign that shit. Which as you as you would. Yeah, I mean you're 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 playing in small venues. This guy can cut you a record deal to change your life. I mean, you're gonna jump, right? <laughs> but yeah, he takes your girl and I drop and I drop off in your car. 
Yeah, so... Yeah, like, like there's basically a whole thing where, where you know, he, he basically just set, set Scott up to do the dirty work, to, to beat all the other evil exes so that he can yeah. get Ramona. So, which, which, which kind of sucks. I mean, Ramona, after all this, after all Scott just did, Ramona goes right back to his ex. Right to yeah, her ex. I, but I do love this whole entire sequence where he has to replay the, uh, the, 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 the thing because, obviously, he... You know what I'm saying? Like, with the video game-esque, again, to it, I like. Yeah, there's a, there's a bit of a problem with the final ending of the film, but we'll talk about it in a bit. So, yeah. Uh, basically, calls, calls up, Gideon calls up Scott to invite him to a party he's having at, at his club. Yeah. Uh, he does that, and he's like, he does, like I'm, I'm, I'm going to kill you because, because I love her. Yeah. He does it. He goes to fight Gideon, and it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. He fails. Knives jumps in, and Scott dies. Yeah, but he had collected a... I mean, if obviously you're paying attention to it, you know that he had gained a life by... He did gain a life yeah. by beating... I think he had to beat the... Kai, I think only he beat the Kayanagi twins. I think so. So obviously you knew that this was going to be in his back pocket for something. This wouldn't have come up if they weren't going to use it down the road, obviously. Yeah. So it turns out, so uh, Ramona has a line where he can't resist Gideon. The whole reason is because I don't know when he did this, or why, or why he never noticed it. The amount, the amount of times they had sex in this movie, she has like a chip in the back of her neck. Yeah, that I so guess she, was yeah. installed. Yeah, I don't. Okay. Oh, sure. Why not? Uh, so yeah, he goes to this claim, and here's and here's where things kind of get a little weird with the with the final <laughs> with, with the final yeah. you know, mess of the movie. Because he go- he goes through all this, and the end of this movie basically Scott confronting his demons, kind of like him like answering you know answering for all of his times he's been an asshole in that his life. Yeah. He's like, look, I I was holding this to my back. You're great. You're great, young Neil. Kim, I'm sorry. And just him like apologizing to everybody just for be just for just being a general douche. Yeah. And this time he gets <clears> the power <throat> of self-respect to fight Gideon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he does that. He ends up winning. I love the effect of when he beats Gideon, and then he just like turns into all quarters. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. He apologizes to Nye, which is which is great. Finally, Knives gets her justice. Yeah. They beat up on Gideon together. Like I said, they win, and now Ramona's free to basically just do whatever she wants, be her own person. Yep. Yeah. Not behold. Not behold to any ex. He's just he's independent now. But. It's not over yet, because Scott has to fight Nega Scott, <laughs> the negative version of Scott. And, and here's the, you want you want to you want to know how bad a guy Scott Pilgrim is. His opposite is a really nice guy. <laughs> and they're gonna go to lunch. And they're going to lunch next week. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Ramona decides to go off and do her own, do her own thing because she's now free of her evil exes. Now, and then Scott decides to follow her because Knives encourages her to. But yeah, which so, is like but, all along you kind of, yeah. But so here's the thing. This has actually changed. The original ending had him going off with Knives and then continuing their relationship. Which would have made more sense, which I would have, that, yeah. And literally, like, the whole ending is building up to that. To that. And then because you just twist it and have him walk off with yeah, her. Yeah, it's 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 Scott. It's Scott. You know, confronting his his own faults, confronting his own immaturity, and 
you end it all by having him chase a relationship that's actually kind of toxic. Yeah, I mean, but then again, like, is that maybe what he deserves because of the fact of the, the toxic toxicity that he's he's shown to people too? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, will he maybe. get his just desserts later on down the road? I don't know. He's been toxic to enough people. Maybe it's time for him to get his own medicine. And I guess that's the thing, because like Ramona's the type of she's like a not, you know what I mean? She's she's not like knives. She's completely the opposite. You know what I mean? Exactly. But maybe it's something Scott needed. Like I said, like like again, opposites do attract. It's been a thing. It's been a thing. Yeah. Movies and TV forever. Opposites do attract. Yeah, and maybe that's yeah. But yeah, that was that's it. That is Scott Pilgrim versus the World. So Russell, how does this movie hold up eleven years later? And does it? Does it deserve the cult following that it has today? Uh, the answer to the second one, yeah, I think it does. Um, it's a fun film. Um, it, it really is. Outside of the ending, I mean, I can I can go with either way with him going either with Knives or with Ramona. Um, either way, honestly, like when I watched it at the close of it, I'm like, yeah, okay, like Ramona makes sense. But then I, I feel, you know, kind of what you felt too is like they, they're building it up to where he may leave with Knives. So you, you know what I mean? So. It's kind of like either or. I think he just kind of needs to see this out. You know what I mean? To see if him and Ramona actually will be a thing. Because this whole entire movie, don't forget, it's it's building up to him defeating these exes on her behalf. to try. You know what I mean? So now that he has defeated them all, now he's free to like kind of date her and see what happens, you know? So to me, it's like I kind of get that. I kind of get the vibe why he's with Ramona at the end. I don't know. Like it's, but overall, it's, I do like it. It's semi, uh, it's semi uh, Eternal Sunshine-esque. In a way, and I, I I can see that, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no. I mean, look, as much as I give grief to, as much as I give some grief again, I think Scott Pilgrim as a character is fundamentally flawed. I think that oh, far from a perfect character, far yeah. from a perfect character. But I think he's way too. I think he's way too likable for his own good. Despite that, though, I think that there's enough in this movie to enjoy. Like I said, I, I love the style of it. I think that, I think visually yeah. and you know, visually, aud- audibly, it's it's a very Visually and sound sound pleasing movie. Yeah, it's still uh, I beautiful. think yeah. I think the evil exes are all really fun, all really unique. Make yeah. some great, great some great action. And again, the supporting cast is all great. I think that this movie works because of Edgar Wright. I think in the hands of a lesser filmmaker, this movie would have crashed and burned. Yeah, and I don't think we would have been talking about eleven years later still as like a relevant film, you Absolutely know. Absolutely not. But yeah, because because of it, because it looks so it, because it looks so great, because Edgar Wright was able to inject so much of his own style into this, I yeah. think it's what I think is what ends up saving this from being a total wash of a film. Uh but yeah, yeah. I think that uh of Edgar Wright's movie is probably not my least favorite, but I do think it's very good and yeah, yeah. I would high I would if you haven't seen it, I imagine a lot of you have, but if you haven't seen it, I would I would highly recommend checking it out. It's a very, yeah, for really, sure. Really, really, really good movie. I I thoroughly enjoy it. One one of my favorite one one of my favorite uh, non DC non Marvel comic book based movies. Yeah, I mean it was a fun film and just it's it's it kind of just what we said before. It's kind of weird like looking at it now and seeing all the star studded talent that was in this film playing smaller roles. You know what I mean? Yep. And that's gonna do it for us here today. Uh, Russell, want to get a plug before we head out? Yeah, you guys can find us at Notorious by Chance on Facebook. Go ahead and join that group. That's where we're gonna put up polls. Um, we're a little bit of hiatus with vacation, everything like that, but we'll get back to regularly scheduled programming. Um, you guys can also find us notorious by chance on YouTube. We just put a uh, video out a couple days ago that we shot about the NFL draft upcoming and kind of just give our little thoughts on each team and what they needed. Obviously, we're day, round two, round three today the, at the time of the shooting, so uh, obviously the draft's already going on. And uh, also for our sponsorship with uh, Love to Get Media, don't forget to check that out. 
go to the checkout there and enter the code notorious to get $10 off of your purchase. Again, love to get media is really all about preserving media, physical media, which is really cool. Like with DVDs, you can get a pack of that. You can go, if you like vinyl, vinyl, they have ga- uh, video games and stuff like that. They got a bunch of stuff. So check, check out uh, love to get media on Facebook, give them a like and uh, check out their uh, website. Thanks for my Twitter and Instagram chance wars underscore 91. Uh, check the Mutual Schmodown where I compete. That's on the Schmodown Entertainment Network. Uh, and yeah, that's going to do it for us here. And uh, thank you for listening. We'll be back uh, re- regular programming shortly. And next week, we're announcing this now. Uh, we are starting our blockbuster summer where we will be looking at a different blockbuster for a different era the first week of every month, technically second week this time because you know, we started, we got this one out late. But every week, uh, every month of the summer, we'll be looking at a different, huge tent pulse on our blockbuster. It's going to be a really fun journey. Next week, we are starting with the 1980s, the, the genesis of the blockbuster. What are we going to be looking at? Will it be Back to the Future? Will it be Ghostbusters? I don't know, but we're going to find out next week. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time.